Welcome to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. Today we are talking previews. Uh, we've got the books in now for the December releases or Christmas releases, depending on your preference. Uh, this is the October book. The order is placed in October. Uh, again, coming out in December. Lots of great stuff to get through. What's the best DC titles of the month? What's the best Marvel? And how excited can one man get about indie comics? That is the question. Uh, all of that coming up on today's podcast. have a panel with me as always Roddy and Keith how are you boys keeping yeah I'm not uh, I'm not too bad we uh, are mostly recovered we had a lovely night out this Friday past for Culture Night Belfast yeah some, we, some uh, of us were home earlier than others ah. well isn't that always <laughs> the case uh, yes uh, we had we had a very fun friend join us the, a very uh, furry friend the, uh, near, near enough anyone who listens to this podcast will have met her at this point I think possibly yeah. unless we have some overseas listeners they won't have met uh, Fizz the standard poodle uh, <laughs> yeah, eight and a half years old uh, lovely lovely culture night had by all good few drinks saw a few bands don't know if we got walking around as much as maybe we should have but uh, it was very good Roddy and very I good. also indulged in a lovely Mission Impossible moment yeah. as well yeah, we the did, lengths you we? go to yeah. in Belfast to get beer <laughs> Uh, but we'll not give away our secrets here in case there are any members of law enforcement listening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Tom Cruise eat your heart out. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed a, a couple of wee pints in the fantastic Sunflower Bar in Belfast. And Voodoo afterwards as well, where we were inundated with a request to have pictures slash touch slash pet said poodle. Um, <laughs> and it was great to see Noel Beatles perform on the City Hall stage yeah. and catch the Mix the City. Really enjoyed Mix the City. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a fun wee, it's a fun wee event that uh, I guess Belfast City Council have become involved with as this is the, uh, they're really promoting Belfast as a city of music. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get on to, I don't know if you guys have checked it out, but there's this website, uh, mixthecity.com, and there's a lot of different cities uh, around the world and they've taken local bands from those cities and recorded small skits with them about 12 or 13 different bands and you can you can mix those skits you know up yourself like a DJ and create a create a tune and overlay effect so the fact that we had a chance to see it live uh, yeah, you know yeah. by directed by a like a like not a composer a Conductor, conductor, conducted by a conductor. Though I'm uh, convinced he wasn't he was, doing any conducting. There was a lot of dancing. There yeah, was a yeah, lot of dancing. Yeah. I, I think he was there for show. Person Keith it, kept whispering to me like, no, 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 he's conducting. I was uh, I'm not sure. Hannah Peel was the um, sort of curator of it. She all, was, yeah. yeah. Hannah Peel was the curator. Uh, again, another great, um, uh, I guess, musician drawn from from Northern Ireland who's doing really, really well in the, the international scene as a as a composer and a producer and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the fantastic Rick Swan, uh, North Coast trumpeteer of some note. Uh, so there was some great, some great local talent on show. Some yeah. great local talent on show. So, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Took me, took me. See the way he talks about you, Roddy. You know, great local talent on show. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I tried my best. So uh, yeah, good. Nice to get out for another culture night. And uh, if you two me mini beers, myself and the poodle were both hungover on uh, <laughs> on uh, on Saturday morning, and then uh, headed down to down Dublin direction for the for the rest of the weekend. So. Fantastic. So yeah, what about yourself, Ronnie? Yeah, um, I was up pretty early Saturday morning. Um, my dad was seventy years old, celebrated a big, big, big birthday. Um, so I had loads of family down. Mum and I started cooking at eight a.m. just to get all pretty much had a whole spread. Um, 
So yeah, but dad, dad knew it was happening. We tried tried to keep it a surprise, but obviously when two people are uh, going crazy in the kitchen, you're going to know something's <laughs> up. Um, Maybe it's more a case yeah. he looked at how hungover you were and you were doing something at eight in the morning. He yeah, thought, he was like, right here, something's this, going on. This must be something. <laughs> yeah, it was, re- it was really good. Um, I had a great, great day, great family day, like catching up with everyone. Um, we had, I've had a few... Um, had a few bereavements in the family recently so it was good to um good to catch up with everyone and yeah it was great i had a few whis- wee whiskeys with dad at the end of the lovely too, so lovely it's very nice. good yeah it's nice whenever you can do something between weddings and funerals yeah Honestly, catch yeah. you up for birthdays <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good, i think um it's it's really weird like and i don't know if it's like podcast chat but um we had a funeral the last week my auntie died but um it was quite a bizarre thing because brought the family together a bit more yeah, so it's, yeah. it's nice nice to see yeah funerals aren't always uh somber occasions yeah you know yeah. the start of them are somber yeah yeah, yeah. especially in ireland yeah, <laughs> yeah. they usually end in quite a jolly way <laughs> well that's yeah. a, and then the next morning somber yeah <laughs> a coffee and heroes uh, podcast happy birthday to your dad then. yes indeed um, i'll have to let him know because he doesn't listen <laughs> no it's just anytime you guys yeah. hear like beeping of horns in the background that's usually ronnie's dad outside waiting for him uh, <laughs> so i think that's as much you told me exposure three hours not three and a half <laughs> what about yourself alan since we last we, yeah. we three last met we are we are wonderful the store at the moment um um, announced the clay man thing even more permanently got the final permission from the council thankfully we had it verbally for a long time but you know I don't deal in verbals when it comes there uh, event agreement not worth the paper it's written on as they say yeah I just <laughs> I, I hated the idea of putting this whole event together and then two days before it they say oh no we couldn't get security or whatever but um, no, it's all in writing all done everything's agreed with clay he's coming over on the Friday the 25th of October uh, we'll be at the store for a Q&A which is essentially a version of a Comic Con panel um, we talked about it, it would have been very easy to just bring him over get him to sign some stuff, get some pictures and people would have left happy but we wanted to do something a little bit different let people get an insight into the industry, ask them questions you know, I, I get the feeling it's not often you get this kind of one-on-one time with someone of that caliber. Ooh, um, yeah. Nice to see in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely can't wait. I'm, I'm so chuffed about it. It's becoming a bit more real now. Um, yeah. So, uh, for, for, for those listening, what are the what are the details? So, 5.30 to 6.30, we're going to have that Q&A event um, that's going to be ticketed. Um, it's going to be, it's £15 a ticket for that. Um, we have already sold, I think, two-thirds of the allocation within a day. Wow. So, again, I think a lot of people are excited for this. Um, and what does that ticket get you? That ticket, you you get uh, a full hour one on one essentially with you know the man himself. You know there'll be an event moderated. People will be able to ask questions. Um, it'll also be obviously your first and then in the queue to um, first in the queue to get everything signed and all the rest. So I just I just love the idea of it just being like a little presentation panel that kind of thing. What about um, signings? Signings then. So from six thirty to eight thirty, there'll be signings. Um, it's going to be completely free. Um, if you indulge in such thing as selfies, they are also free. Um, yeah, we wanted we wanted the whole event to be sort of you know either affordable or you know a way of attracting new people to the store, but a way of rewarding customers who have been with us since the start and who have supported us. So it's it's a really cool event for that. Um, yeah, I'm really digging I'm really digging the idea of it now. And after reading those last two issues of Batman. You know, I know I'm going to sound biased because we're getting them over, but they were two of the most gorgeous comics yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to do a mustache for it? 
<laughs> I think we should all I think I might get like 60 fake mustaches and just give one to everyone in the crowd and they just sit there and put their Magnum P.I. hats uh, on and send the, the, the mustache yeah, the Tom Selleck uh, yeah, section of the gag the in the background yeah, so cool. so yeah, that was one big thing and then the other thing we had recently was Batman Day in the store uh, was really really busy um, again great turnout great sales great energy in the store I mean for a good maybe four or five hours solid there was at least 15 people in the Ooh. store at any time whether Fantastic. it was whether it was sitting having coffees or just catching up with people I hadn't seen in a while or just you know general shopping so no the store's fantastic at the moment it's, it's growing nicely yeah. um, and that's that's what we're for so cool. you know um, uh, speaking of Batman Day I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the tweet war that was going on between uh, who was it uh, <laughs> Jason Aaron and Tom and, uh, King, Tom King. <laughs> so Jason Aaron put up a tweet saying enjoy your little day Batman Thor has a day every week <laughs> you know so Tom King replied with coming soon batter day <laughs> so that was great um, yeah so everything's great with us I think we're we're going to be talking some comics here I think we're talking December releases yes. Christmas releases Roddy Roddy's one of those people I'm we do apologise yeah. Roddy's a Christmas, Christmas guy Christmas the month of December <laughs> I feel I feel a little bit like uh, this may be a reaction to uh, my previous comments around Christmas uh, an overreaction <laughs> I am in no means by no means a Scrooge <laughs> By no means. I keep Christmas in my heart all year round. Uh-huh. I just don't need to call it Christmas. Ah, uh, okay. okay. It, sounds, it sounds like you're being very defensive. No, no. Just uh, I feel I feel like I've been attacked, and therefore, uh, and therefore, I am. No, 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 no. No, yeah. we we all love yeah. Christmas on this podcast, but it's yeah. just it's interesting when you're in September and people are talking about Christmas. It's you know, let's let's have Halloween first. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Oh yeah. You know, don't don't wish your life away and you know wait for Christmas three uh, months. From now. I don't subscribe to the corporate definition of Christmas. Yeah, which is to start selling shit to people. And well, it's already happening. Isn't it? which yeah, is exactly. Horrible. But yeah, enough about that. Enough so we, about that. Let's so we, talk about better stuff. We're going to kick off with Marvel today. Um, obviously, a lot of the, the Marvel book is going to be continuity of X Men titles. There's some interesting, um, pardon me, one shots coming in there as well. Some interesting new um, projects from. A massive variety of mm, writers yeah, and artists. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously a lot of what we've been talking about Marvel ways the past few months has been focused on the the Dawn of X stuff, the part of X, the absolute House carnage, of X, absolute as well. carnage. But those things are all part way through, or will be finished certainly yeah, by this point. So, so Dawn, so the part of X and the House of X will be finished, and the the X books that 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 um, come off of those. Uh, the six books, isn't it? Six books, six yeah. books that come off of those will be on issues sort of three or four. Yeah. So I mean, well, well, we'll get to those, but you know, they're not really great jumping on points they get at this stage. But at this stage, you'll have jumped on two months ago. Yeah. You know, well, um, what we should say before we do reach the the X Men stuff as well is, again, just obviously people may have listened to the reviews podcast as well, but we are going to do a special one off podcast where. Keith and I are going to geek out and Roddy's probably just going to listen uh, <laughs> for a good couple of hours we're going to call it the Dawn of X podcast and just go through all our thoughts from Powers and House just to just in case you didn't read that series but you'll understand sort of what Hickman's planning you know with that universe moving forward you can wake me up on the hour oh no no so we'll, yeah, we'll just we'll going, just yeah. tie you to a chair before and make you read it um, you know <laughs> Do. Oh, I've I've already haven't I previewed I've or yeah I'm already, I'm already on the graphic novels yeah but we're we're definitely going to get that one out before X Men number one hits so um, just something to keep an eye yeah, for still, in the future uh, there's still plenty of, of cool stuff um, so I mean we've uh, I guess we'll get into the Marvel stuff here 
the the cover uh, of the Marvel previews book is uh, the 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 I guess it's going to be a, a Christmas event or a December event. Start event starting in December. Uh, it's still earmarked with the Marvel eighty years. So, uh, but the cover shows uh, incoming. One will unite them, and incoming appears to be the next miniseries or, or limited series or what event coming from Marvel. Uh, in the foreground, we have a, a hand that appears to be dripping, silhouette that appears to be dripping blood. And in the background, we have uh, a gamut of heroes, uh, including uh, Jubilee and Valkyrie and King Thor and uh, Cap and the Fantastic Four, some of the X Men, Venom, Miss Marvel, Nate Gray, Ghost Rider, the Immortal Hulk, Captain Marvel, um, Spider Man, a couple of Spider Men, uh, and they all seem to be looking on. At what's going on in the foreground here which we can't really see apart from this hand this red outline hand dripping blood and uh they're all gasping or you know so uh one will unite them so the preview the previous pages go into a little mini story that seems to be a an introduction to incoming um and it's following uh, Jerome Hamilton, who was a character that was introduced in the recent, or reintroduced in the recent Marvel 1000, uh, which we talked about yeah, in the Reviews podcast. Primarily through the Al Ewing stories, wasn't so, it? So yeah, so again, it was an interesting, an interesting attempt to do a thing, to chronicle the eight years of Marvel, uh, page by page with different creative teams. Uh, didn't necessarily succeed at what it wanted to do, but it was an experiment, and you can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, throughout the the eighty pages, Al Ewing was crafting a story that involved this eternity mask, uh, whatever it may be. It's yet to be properly defined. But Jerome uh, Hamilton was a character who uh, was introduced very early on, uh, and uh, was a doctor, part of a scientist guild, an organization dedicated to the creation of life itself. In the hopes of ushering in the next stage of humanity, witnessed the activation of the human torch, the original human torch created the, the guild, the 3X, and uh, acquired the Eternity Mask. Um, then he was involved with the Enclave, the creation of Adam Warlock, all sorts of stuff, and ended up becoming like a hero or something called, uh, referred to as Blind Justice. Um, but anyway, Blind Justice is the holder of, is the, holder of the, uh, the Eternity Mask, whatever, whatever that might prove to be. Um, so this uh, is a four-page story, and uh, the Eternity Mask seems to draw him on. Uh, towards uh, mysteries that need solved and it says the mask shows shows him things uh, sometimes they're things that wants someone else to see and it, it makes him it seems to attune to heroes nearby him making him stronger and faster that means there's someone strong and fast close enough for the mask to pick it up on he picks up a couple of people uh, fighting on the roof and then he senses something that's a little more like a radar sense and he exclaims just the man I need so that's where uh, mystery continues in incoming one so that makes me wonder is the individual in the foreground Daredevil Daredevil yeah but uh, that's neither here nor there the incoming number one uh, seems to have a creative team that consists very much like uh, Marvel 1000 with a with a writing team of Al Ewing Dan Slott Chip Zdarsky Kelly Thompson Greg Pack Eve L. Ewing Matt Rosenberg Ed Breeson Saladin Ahmed Tini Howard Jonathan Hickman Greg Pack Donny Cates and Jason Aaron uh, Humberto Ramos Ramos Jim Chung and more on art so it seems to have a, like a massive um, 
that's the all-star team in Marvel isn't it well yeah absolutely that's, that's, that's everybody <laughs> bring them all yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so the text uh, it's it says it's in shops 25th of December though it's likely to ship the 18th isn't it Alan it'll probably ship to us on the 18th but it might not be on sale on the 26th okay um, alright they've done that before but so we, the the text reads uh, a mysterious murder brings together the heroes of the Marvel Universe in search of a killer but no one can imagine where the trail will lead or how it will affect everything in 2020 and beyond who is the victim and who is the assailant the closing chapter of Marvel's 80th year so this this is the finale of the, the 80th year celebrations uh, which have been going pretty well I think you know uh, Invaders has been a highlight for me Marvel yeah. Marvel 1000 maybe not so much but uh, there was a great Captain America uh Captain America and the Invaders, uh, the Bermuda Triangle issue. I don't know if you read it. Uh, we talked a little bit about yes, it. Yeah. Uh, it was another great celebration. There's been some really cool stuff, but this closes that, which I don't know, connect, connect, the, connect the dots of everything that happened in 2019 and propel the narrative into the year that is to come, featuring the Avengers, Fantastic Four, the X Men, Guardians of the Galaxy, Daredevil, Spider Man, the Champions, Agents of Atlas, Valkyrie, the Immortal Hulk, Jessica Jones, Venom, Ghost Rider, The Masked Raider, and more. Um, it's going to be a slightly more expensive book, I would say. It's a $99.99 price point, so that makes it what, Alan? That'd be around £9. So yeah. that's, uh, it looks pretty much the same size as Marvel 1000 was, 96 pages. Um, I mean, I, I hope, given that calibre of talent, it's. I mean, for me, Marvel 1000 was interesting, but I didn't think it was necessarily the most coherent thing. I agree, I agree, um, yeah. So I would love to see... But then again, there's there's less people here than there was for Marvel eighty, so or Marvel one thousand, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Chip Zdarsky's involved, and Jason Aaron's involved, and Donny Cates is involved, Dan's lots Jonathan involved, Hickman's exactly. involved. So you know, I'm, I'm of course I'll read it. Of um, course I'll read it. There's a, an interesting variant teaser variant by Kim Jacinto uh, cover, uh, and it shows uh, in the background uh, probably whoever's aware of the Eternity Mask, mm-hmm. and uh, in the foreground, an almost Hulk like figure. In silhouette, carrying a sword, but whether or not that is Hulk or whether it's it almost looks a bit like Thanos as well, because the 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 arm that's down by his side that does look a little bit like a gauntlet, gauntlet as well. Be. Yeah, it looks a wee bit like Hulkling mm. uh, from uh, the um, the new the new Avengers, yeah, the Young yeah. Avengers. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I mean, the the, f- the first few pages cover this. There's some great uh, great alternative covers. Uh, I quite like the the Sanford Green one's really nice. It's quite uh, yeah. We're, we were looking at some Darwin Cook stuff earlier. Kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Annihilation Scourge. Uh, Annihilation was an event that occurred back in the two two thousands. It's a cosmic level event that uh, involved an awful lot of the cosmic level heroes, Guardians of the Galaxy, Silver Surfer, all of those sorts of things. It involved. Um, Annihilus uh, and the Annihilation Wave coming across uh, from the negative zone and uh, I'm trying to I think buffer it uh, but I don't know a lot about it but uh, I was going to say is that something you've read yourself and no, you're not a big I'm not a big Cosmic, cosmic fan, fan yeah. um, though I've heard it's I've heard it's really a really good story uh, and the writers behind it were, were pretty special and likewise this seems to be a series of one shots yeah I see Dan Abnett and Silver Surfer there so that's uh, yeah, yeah. that's me very um, yeah. interested in that you've got Matthew Rosenberg in a couple of the books uh, Christos Gage, Gage who's uh, the writer of uh, Superior Spider-Man at the minute so there, there seems to be it's, so it says the universe the first one certainly seems the Nova one the universe hangs in peril with no room for old grudges Nova is forced to team up with one of his most nefarious adversaries Annihilus but can Richard Ryder trust the ruler of the negative zone to fight alongside him? 
something about the scourge closing in wreaking having across the galaxy um, you know so uh, uh, I don't know I, I don't know anything about this I'm not sure the only scourge I know is a is a hero killer street level hero killer so it, I, I don't know anything about it um, but there's, there's some teams on it anyway uh, and of course they're re-releasing they've got an Annihilation graphic comic box coming out uh, as well um, and then one of those Marvel Tales books which is like uh, a large uh, 80 page one shot of reprints you know it'll usually give you a background on something so uh, so yeah um, next up I think uh, Jim Zub and Scott Eaton on Conan Serpent War number one and two of four Roddy, this, Roddy this, has just set to attention yeah this looks class <laughs> uh, what do you reckon Roddy yeah, when I Moon Knight, yeah, Conan, yeah, just yeah, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, interestingly, Solomon Kane and Dark Agnes. I've never heard of Dark Agnes. Excuse my yeah. uh, lack of knowledge. But you're but familiar with Solomon. I am Kane. familiar with Solomon Kane and the uh, 2010 film. Is that the same? Yeah, uh, the very same. Though Solomon Kane comes from an earlier time. Uh, mm was originally created by it wasn't uh, uh, Robert E. Howard who created Conan yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, and yeah there was a there was a 2009 uh, movie uh, but yeah Scullman Kane was like a he was like a witch hunter wasn't he uh, pulp era sort yes, of 17th yeah. century Puritan yeah. something like that um, so that's that's kind of interesting to see that to see that included under the uh, the, Marvel, the, the banner. Marvel banner yeah. um, Dark Agnes uh Dark Agnes, I don't know anything about either. Fictional character created by Robert E. Howard and the pro- protagonist of three stories, three stories set in the 16th century France. So did Robert E. Howard just you know secretly create Moon Knight as well, just so he created no, all these no, characters? I don't, I don't believe so. I no. don't believe so. But uh, Jim yeah. Zub, uh, Jim Zub's on art. Uh, Scott Eaton, Carlos Pacheco. Uh, the wrath of the serpent god, god. Warriors from across time will defy the elder gods. Jim Allison will soon die, but it's not his first death. He's lived many lives in many places lives he can recall in vivid detail but when an elder god called the worm uh, reaches across time to James and ages spanning quest begins the serpent god set plans to usher in an eternity of darkness and the only only the chosen warriors across time and space have a hope of stopping him Conan the Barbarian Solomon Cain Dark Agnes and the man known as Moon Knight in an impressive comic event Robert E. Howard's character is John Foisters with Marvel's Moon Knight in an all saga an all new saga built on Robert E. Howard and Marvel lore from across the ages yeah, yeah. I think this it shows a great reverence for uh, Robert E. Howard and yeah, everything yeah. he's done and trying to blend those two worlds is a really fantastic idea yeah. I cannot wait to see Moon Knight he's probably one of my favourite Marvel characters cannot wait to see him uh, mix it up I know Conan's been on Savage Avengers isn't it? Savage yes, Avengers yeah, I know he's been they're really in the they're 80th year. They're, yeah, they're really they're pushing, pushing him, but they're not pushing him. You know, they're well, just they're using yeah. what they have, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got but Conan, Conan the Barbarian, Savage Sword of Conan, yeah. um, and we've got the Savage Avengers, which brings him into the modern day Marvel area. And then there's going to be Conan 2099. Yeah, as well. Yes, yeah. which we'll get to later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm really looking forward this to this is, as well. Um, we're getting one and two of a limited four issue series. Yeah. So cool. Should yeah. be very good. Warriors across time defy the elder gods. What's the argue with? <laughs> you know, and, some cool uh, variants in there yeah. too. We should say. So uh, then we're we're hitting the X Men stuff. So we've got X Men three and four again. Jonathan Hickman, Lionel Francis, you, 
so I see dinosaurs, Cyclops storms the Savage Land. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm um, trying to not look too closely yeah. excited. It, it's similar, we'll get to it later with the DC book because Batman 85's in there. But yeah. I don't want to know anything about how Powers and House is no. going to end because no. it's been so, so good. No. So um, We've got New Mutants 3 and 4 by Ed Brayson and Flaviano. Uh, Cannonball's in there so much, always good. Fallen Angels number 3 and 4, that's the... Uh, X-23. The team, uh, yeah, X twenty three. Psylocke seems to be the center of that. Um, so three and four of that. X Force three and four. Benjamin Percy. Who was originally? Who was in the first two issues of X Force three and four? I think it is Benjamin Percy. I thought it was someone else. Um, uh, that's the, the the Marvel Girl, uh, Domino Sage, sort of team. The Dark Team. Uh, we got Excalibur three and four. Bettini Hard and Marcus Two. That's the, the, the European, the, the UK-based team, led by Betsy Braddock as Captain Britain. We've got Marauders 3 and 4. Um, again, and you know, it seems to follow the something to do with the, the Hellfire Club. I don't know, the Marauders are maybe an employer of the Hellfire Club, something along those lines. Jerry Duggan, and uh, and that's, I mean, that's what so we'll be in the, in the middle of all those. Are all those bi-monthly titles? I don't know if this is maybe a five-week month because I think they're meant to be monthly titles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't oh, like to. I wouldn't yeah. like to think they're double shipping. Yeah, uh, I mean they're double yeah. shipping. Supposed to be monthly, are they? I, I didn't check. Right. To be fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're looking at it as you know you're launching six new X-Men titles. You don't want to overwhelm people, so it, yeah, it wouldn't make sense to do it fortnightly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just shipping doubly because. What have we got left? We've got powers of ten, five, and six, and house one, uh, house six. So we've got three weeks more of that. That'll take us into the start of October. Mm-hmm. Say issue one, then it'll be in October. Two in November. Three and four December. I think it'll probably be okay. first week of the month yeah. and last week of the month. Just a five week month. <clears throat> um, okay, uh, pitching pitching up next. Uh, something Alan drew my attention to earlier on that I wasn't terribly interested in, but we know the Eternals are going to be massive uh, with the new movie. Uh, coming out and so forth and so on um, what do you call him Kit Harrington has been pegged to play Black Knight in that movie and there's a there's there's a fairly Angelina Jolie's been yeah there's a, as well Sam Hayek Sam Hayek you know so mm-hmm. but the Eternals is something that I have never paid an awful lot of attention to obviously created by uh, Kirby back in the day um, so there's a couple of books here that are interesting first off is uh Eternals Secrets from the Marvel Universe number one I believe it's a one shot uh, Mark Gruenwald and more it's reprints um, reprints material from What If uh, number 23 to 30 from 1977 in the untold, ta- untold tales of the Marvel Universe the secret past of the Eternals is laid bare see how space gods brought the Eternals to life I think they're talking about the Celestials there discover the connections between the Eternals and Thanos the Mad Titan and learn the key role they played in the history of the Inhuman Royal Family so uh, I guess that'll be a uh, you know, find out a little bit about the Eternals, getting to know the Eternals, and then they're reprinting a facsimile edition of the first issue of the Eternals, right and writing art and cover art by Jack Kirby. In 1976, the legendary king of comics, Jack Kirby, returned to Marvel brimming with cosmic ideas, and none were bigger than the earth-shattering immortals known as the Eternals. In this mind-blowing first issue, Kirby unleashes the full brilliance of his unbridled imagination to reveal the secret history of heroes and horrors in which two bizarre bizarre branches of humanity's cousins, the Eternals and the Deviants, vie to inherit the Earth. Prepare to meet Icarus, Warlord Crow, and the colourful cast of uh, Titans and Terrors that could only have been conceived by the King himself. 
who are the space gods known as Celestials and what happens if they are summoned back to Earth. It's one of the all-time great Marvel comic books, boldly represented in its original form, ads and all. Meh, I don't know if I would call it one of the all-time great Marvel books. They did here. I mean, they're trying to I mean this it. is a Marvel previews book yeah. that they are trying to get you on. But no, I definitely want to pick it up. It is interesting because I'd said to you earlier, but I would like to pick this up because my knowledge is zero. But you had actually recommended the one above it a little more. The Secrets from the Marvel Universe. Yeah, so Neil Gaiman miniseries is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's that's a my only sort of um, exposure interaction yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. So flicking over the page, we are into Spider Man twenty ninety nine. So part of uh, Marvel's twenty ninety nine. Um, I guess the season. You know, uh, it's kind of part of the eighty years of Marvel. Started nineteen thirty nine. We find ourselves eighty years later in two thousand nineteen. And in 80 years from now, it'll be 2099. So Marvel seemed to be pushing 2099 pretty hard um, now with these books. So we had last month we had 2099 uh, Alpha. Uh, there was a number of uh, I yeah, guess Fantastic Four and Conan. Uh, amazing! That, there was all yeah. So uh, it kicked off an amazing Spider-Man 33, which was a couple of months back um, mm. when. Spider-Man 2099 lands slap bang and unconscious in the middle of 2019. Uh, 2099 Alpha is the next book, I think, and then it continues through Spider-Man 34 and 35, and then finishes in 2099 Omega this month. But there are a number of tie-ins. Uh, Fantastic Four 2099, and one-shots Punisher 2099, Conan 2099, all of which were released, uh, were are going to be released in September. Um, and this month we no, November will it be? November it will yeah, yeah abs- you're yeah. absolutely right uh, November it's hard it's hard when uh, it's two, is, two yeah, months yeah. ahead yeah. you're like is it the past is it the future? Uh, so in December we have Spider-Man 2099 which is going to be a highlight for me Ghost Rider 2099 Doom 2099 and Venom 2099 so the return of some very significant 2099 uh, characters um, character designs all look great yeah so they, I don't know. I don't know if these these one shots are re- representing the origins of these characters or rebooting or the origins tied, of these characters. Tied to the story somehow. Because certainly, if you read the Spider Man twenty ninety nine solicit, uh, it says Miguel O'Hara is a rising star of Alchemax, but his world is about to come crashing down. The future of the Marvel universe is about to die, and the world needs a hero. As Miguel faces a destiny he's tried to run from all his life, the secrets of 2099 begin to unravel here. So this is interesting. Peter David created uh, Spider-Man 2099 back in 1991, <laughs> or something along those lines. Uh, was it re- And that's what kicked off the 2099 universe, the 2099 imprint for Marvel at the time. Uh, so Spider-Man 2099 was a, was a guy, a scientist, called Miguel O'Hara, who worked for Alchemax, which, uh, you know, was this... Uh, future corporation that sort of controlled a lot of things and uh, he he was too smart for his own good he discovered some things he shouldn't have discovered uh, his boss addicted him to a drug in order to control him uh, and Miguel who was a geneticist and created this, this imprint genetic imprint machine he decided that he was going to so that the, the drug bonded to to the user on a genetic level and that's how, how they became addicted so Miguel thought, well, you know what? I'm addicted to this, but I know how I can get unaddicted. I can re-imprint my own genetic imprint on top of my current genetic imprint and therefore refresh my genetic code without the drug connected to it. 
screw you boss man <laughs> you know but uh, the, the bad guy was one step ahead of him and he replaced well, when Miguel stepped into the uh, the imprint machine uh, in, in true Jeff Goldblum fly style uh, he reselected a new genetic imprint out of a spider and so whenever Miguel operated the machine his, uh, the spider was genetically imprinted onto his genetic code and therefore we now have Spider-Man 2099 it's a little more a little more horrific uh, the idea you know this is where the idea of Spider-Man's organic web shooters you know came from in the original Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies he had these organic web shooters in his arms and you know they filled up with his body produced the web fluid you know and um, he had fangs like a spider and he had these claws like a spider which were allowed him to you know to cling to walls you know and yeah, and that's so and really interesting. You know, he didn't he didn't have the spider sense, and then so it was a great story. It ran for a lot, a lot of time. Jeez, I can't remember. It was did it did it hit run for it ran for a lot of years? You know. Yeah. Um. But so it, this seems like it's a like it's a repre- representation of that. You know, but it, it remains to be seen. But nonetheless, I'm really looking forward to it, to the amazing spider. I mean, I think if you're only interested in passing, pick up Alpha and Omega, and if you're already on Amazing Spider Man, they're great. You know, um, or pick up any of the tie-ins that you want. As I say, we've got Spider-Man twenty ninety-nine, Ghost Rider twenty ninety-nine by Ed Breeson. So, uh, yeah, I think that was Kinshiro Cochran, uh, who was like a, he was more of a, a net surfer. You know, the internet was was in its infancy at the time, and you know he was a, you know, uh, Doom twenty ninety-nine was our Victor Von Doom, who had come to the future, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, That's he, the one I'm looking forward yeah, to. Most. Chip Zdarsky, of course. And Venom 2099, that'll be an interesting one as well. So, so yeah, and then 2099 Omega, so that'll be the end of that. So, yeah, so 29, I'm, I'm kind of really excited for that, uh, i got to say. Yeah, um, me too. I'm also really excited for uh, Doctor Strange uh, number one by Mark Wade and Kev Walker. Now, Mark Wade is currently on Doctor Strange. Uh, that series is coming to an end next month, is it? Uh, I think it's Doctor Strange, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and what is she? I think it's it's I think it's for the eighteen. I think yeah, something. So it's been Doctor Strange has been Mark Wade's Doctor Strange has been a really fantastic series. I've really enjoyed it. It's really got me into to Doctor Strange. You know, mm-hmm. um, the last few issues have been kind of one shots, but I can see how they're connecting to this because in this series, uh, it's 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 byline Doctor Strange, Surgeon Surgeon Supreme. The one thing that Doctor Strange, you know, that drove drove Doctor Strange to become a musician, a musician, a magician, uh, <laughs> was the destruction of his hands. He wasn't mm-hmm. able to, you know, the nerves in his hands. He wasn't able to be a surgeon. But the impossible has happened. And in the last issue, of Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange's hands had been healed, restoring his surgical skills. But now he's torn between his obligations as the Sorcerer Supreme and as a neurosurgeon, and when he's forced to choose which vows to uphold. Who suffers most for it? After all, magic always has a cost. So this is a brand new era of magic and horror from Mark Wade, who is currently killing it on uh, History of the Marvel Universe. So uh, again, that's a December title. Sounds really interesting. Yeah, actually. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I must uh, pitch you that last issue of uh, Doctor Strange because effectively what happened was well, I can't remember. We'll, we'll probably review it, but you know. Um, what they've really been pushing recently is that magic always has a cost over the last couple yeah. of issues a couple of series of Doctor Strange and uh, in order to do a thing Stephen has made a deal with a darker power 
and this has been the offshot of this so there's that's going to be hanging, hanging around the background but the cover for that looks really fantastic doesn't it Phil mm, Noto, Phil Noto. Uh, well it's good to see Mark Wade continuing with it as well rather yeah. than it being oh it's a new number one it has to be a creative change as well yeah yeah so uh, I'd say that's very rare to get to do the number one if a new title that you're oh, already it probably happens like, more yeah. than you'd think <laughs> these days <laughs> unfortunately but um I don't know does anybody want to talk about uh, Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider absolutely Dennis Hopeless Hallam and Donny Cates pass me that book Um, I loved Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel history it was actually a much more thoughtful mediation on Marvel history than you'd think Um, prior Um, to that we had just Cosmic Ghost Rider just Cosmic Ghost Rider obviously um, creation of Donny Cates came out of his Thanos run uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider being Frank Castle um but yeah, I, I'm more than happy to see this back. What's interesting is the Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History wasn't written by Dennis Hallam or Donny Cates. It was a different right. creative team. So the fact that Donny Cates is back in this immediately gets your attention. Jeff Shaw on art as well. Um, but yeah, so five-issue miniseries again. The, uh, that Jeff Shaw and uh, Donny Cates don't miss. So I think Dennis Hallam is, and Scott Hepburn are the creative team on the main story, but there's a, a brand new short story mm-hmm. by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the, the gist of it there. But uh, yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider is back, but with a reputation like his, it's only a matter of time before the law catches up to the future Frank Castle and tries to put him in chains. Too bad for the law, chains are Castle's weapon of choice these days. Now in an intergalactic prison, the rider is going to turn his cage into an all out cage match. Who's going to be the last alien standing? Find out in this all new miniseries from Dennis Hopeless Hallam and Scott Hepburn. Yeah, as I say, I, I like Cosmic Ghost Rider that they're always miniseries. I think it's a character that couldn't justify an ongoing or, you know, a 20 issue arc or things like that. But these are fun. And I always look forward to reading the, the Cosmic Ghost Rider stuff that so comes out. And it does well in our pull list and store. People seem to dig it. So, um, yeah, I look forward to that. Cool. Um yeah, I mean it's it's uh, uh, yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider has appeared in Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, the current Avengers story in which um, uh, the current Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes really wants rid of his possession, doesn't want to be the Ghost Rider anymore. It's pulling back in uh, Johnny Cage, it's pulling back in uh, Danny Ketch, uh, and uh, recently Aliandros. Uh, she was the third Ghost Rider. Can't remember what her, what her, what her surname was. Um, and the the, the story was story's been really good. And it kind of Black Panther's been trying to help scientifically him remove this possession, and you know. But what happened in the last issue was Cosmic Ghost Rider appeared, and it was kind of a wee bit. Ah, the story could have gone somewhere else. You know, it was just it was a wee bit much. Your worry's always been the Cosmic Ghost Rider is going to be the next Deadpool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just a joke character, like. But he's not. That, I, know, that, I know, I know, I know. As I say, I must throw you at some point. I know you're never short of reading material, but I must throw you at some point the the destroys Marvel Universe. Yeah. you'd be surprised. Yeah. It's a bit more thoughtful than you'd think. Um, it's basically the whole idea of it is that Frank Castle going back to his past self's house, and he ends up getting invited in, and he has to keep Frank Castle's kids entertained. So he starts telling them stories of his, you know, adventures as Cosmic Ghost Rider, but right. they don't know it's Frank Castle, right. an older one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's genuinely very very good. And then obviously the more he tells the story, 
the more he wants to change the history of what happens to Frank Castle's family okay. and um, you'd be surprised though that is, it's a good be serious spot on um, I mean one that uh, I wasn't really terribly interested in when I first saw but the more I look at it the more interested I become which is a very common problem for me uh, with comic books um, <laughs> We've got uh, Thor Worthy number one. It's a one shot. Um, it's uh, Walt, Walt Simonson uh, is on the creative team. Uh, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, uh, a lot more folks. Um, legendary Thor creators reunite for a thunderous celebration. Uh, Walt Simonson's Thor run is widely considered to be not only some of the best Thor comics of all time, but simply some of the best comics, period. Uh, now the legend returns for a special tale about Thor and Better A Bill, with art from Mike Hawthorne and beloved veteran Salby Sienna. Um, and the trio was joined by yet another unforgettable Thor team Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends this is kind of what got me excited uh, who will be telling an all new Thunderstrike story so finally no Thor story would be complete without his most trusted companion the Berserker, the Warrior Extraordinaire the Lady Sith Catherine Mimmin wrote one of the most uh, landmark Sith tales in her run on Journey into Mystery and now she returns for a brand new journey so it's quite the creative team um, Thunderstrike was the Thor of a good part of the 90s so if you've seen that uh, those Marvel decades of books you know the 80s and the 90s during the during the late 80s and early 90s that uh, whenever comics sort of took that dark turn um, you know and uh, Wildcats was a big thing and you know, all of those sorts of uh, Jim Lee was doing his stuff um, a lot of Marvel heroes had analogs who took over you know so Cap was replaced by the more violent uh, right wing US agent uh, Iron Man uh, Rudy was in the armour is this when we saw this uh, book in the store the other day yeah, decades exactly, book yeah. in the 90s yeah exactly and uh, who else um, who was the Thor the Thor was Thunderstrike oh, sorry. Uh, so uh, Thor had uh, I can't remember what Thor was doing if he was dead at the time or, or what the crack was but the Thor power or at least a portion of it had passed Mjolnir had passed to a guy, just a guy named Derek Masterson, who, it being the time period, had a ponytail and had a, j- a jacket uh, on over his. Oh wow, jacket! Over, yeah, jacket. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody wore jackets. Did that jackets. make him worthy? That, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in the late 80s and early 90s, wearing a jacket over your With over your, your costume. Yeah. Uh, the Avengers run the entire Avengers at that time. Everybody wore a jacket. Everybody wore a jacket over the costume. So just ah. just be aware. Yeah, Black Knight wore a jacket over his <laughs> over his armor. You know what I mean? So it's just a thing, but yeah, Thunderstrike. I kind of I really enjoy. He's the he's kind of an everyman Thor. He's a he's just a dude a, a dude who has the Thor power, mm-hmm. you know, and is doing his very best. So yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think. Uh, moving on, Punisher Soviet will be on its second issue. That's the Garth Ennis Jason Burroughs Punisher. We'll not uh, look too closely at that, so as not to spoil ourselves. Passing through some screams, some Morbius. I'm going to run past Deadpool. Uh, you know, if anybody. You know. Well, that's going to be a new creative team. It'll be on the issue yeah. too by that point. So we'll see. Kelly Thompson's a very dependable writer. Um, so we'll wait and see. Yeah. But Chris, Chris, Chris Bacalow on on uh, art and covers is, is his art suits some stuff. I guess it would suit Deadpool. But as you say, it's, it's kind of difficult with the Marvel book this month because there's a lot of number twos, number threes. So if there's stuff that you're interested in reading. You don't want to look at it too closely yeah, in case. Yeah, yeah. and likewise, that's it's how fun. I am with Ghost Rider number three by Ed Breeson and Alan. Uh, I did enjoy that um, Symbiote of Vengeance, right? That the other night. That was fantastic. The one shot. Yeah. That was they're very really, yes, I'm saying they're really pushing Ghost Rider. That was the one where, with the, the what do you call it, Andrew and Aliandros, the, yeah. the Ghost Rider of 
of uh, Mexico yeah, and all that stuff and Danny they're really pushing Ghost Rider hard and it's all leading into this Ghost Rider book so good stuff um, you know there'll be Mephisto there'll be Johnny Cage uh, Doctor Doom I'm kind of interested in as well is that a is that an ongoing Alan or is that I a think it's a miniseries I think it's five issues yeah okay think, oh, really yeah oh. I'm pretty sure it is uh, Christopher Cantwell and the ever trusty uh, Salvador La Roca on art uh, I think I'm going to pick that up um Again, that's one that I wasn't going to pick up that I think I probably will. Yeah, same. Uh, Symbiote Spider-Man is getting another series. Symbiote Spider-Man Alien Reality by Peter David, mentioned earlier as the creator of Spider-Man 2099 and uh, mm-hmm. the writer of the original Symbiote Spider-Man anyway. Alien Reality. Um, Peter, Feiner, Peter Parker will find himself uh, entrenched in a battle with the Hobgoblin, who was a villain during the original saga of the Alien costume. Uh, where did the Hobgoblin Hob- Goblin get these new powers? The original creative team from Symbiote Spider-Man returned for the next installment of a classic tale from the Alien costumes. There we go, another number one, another same creative team. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> does yeah. happen often. Yeah. Yeah, they, I think maybe what's happened here is is the popularity of the original yeah. series. They've just gone, actually, let's do another mini-series. I, don't, I wouldn't like to see this as an ongoing. No. You know, I think a series of minis. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, similar to Cosmic Ghost Rider, I like that they're mini-series and then they can take a break and then if they have a story to tell, it comes back, you know. Anybody picking up Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider-Man? Oh, come on, Apocalypse now. What yeah. more do you need? Apocalypse <laughs> now. Uh, but I like the idea of there being a Spider-Man title that maybe can appeal to some younger readers, which is good. It's always good to have that variety in store. And Although I see Spider-Man in general as an all-ages tale, some of them can mm. push the envelope a little bit. The so. Spider-Man stuff's rated T+, plus, isn't it? That's T+, whereas yeah. Peter Porker is rated just T. T. Yeah. Um, okay. Um... Uh, Miles Morales, Saad and Ahmed and uh, Javier Garon. Uh, um, it's, it's a really, it's a really solid series. Uh, really solid series, uh, featuring his uncle Aaron as Prowler and uh, a few other bits and pieces. So really enjoying that. Uh, you were saying you're kind of interested in the Amazing Mary Jane. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man Twenty Nine got me interested in it because the issue was really great. It was essentially all about Peter trying to make sure that he dropped Mary Jane to the airport because she had to pursue these uh, opportunities she had in LA she gave this big performance in Amazing 25 mm. that sort of the whole world saw and she's back to back to acting and yeah yeah. but Peter was trying to get to drop her to the airport for a very specific reason which yeah. I won't divulge in case you haven't read it um, but it actually got me interested in this series which is quite impressive yeah um, absolutely um, good stuff and I like the idea that even though she's on the other side of the country being Peter Parker's girlfriend, you still just can't escape being Peter Parker's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can see the vulture there, you can see Mysterio there. Um, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in that now. Did we all read the first issue of J.J. Uh, Abrams and Henry Abrams' uh, Spider-Man? Nope. Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, really? Oh, really? You'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah, it was very, very good. I wouldn't very even good. look at any description there because uh, it'll give stuff away. Yeah, that'll but be an issue for Sarah Pacelli on art is fantastic. It was, so good. it was one of those titles just where we're saying we're sort of skipping over previews and stuff so as not to have things spoiled mm-hmm. I knew nothing going into that issue I saw the cover which was Peter Parker swinging with uh, Mary Jane in his arms and mm-hmm. that was it and within five pages you, you're reading it going oh oh they're doing this yeah thing. yeah it's very very good so I was very, very surprised good. only going to be a five issue mini so yeah, highly yeah. recommend picking up uh, yeah yeah that's um, yeah, definitely worth a definitely worth a look. I I had the same sort of feeling. I was like, is this has JJ Abrams just wowed an editor somewhere? But apparently, this has been in the office for years. Apparently, they, okay. you know, yeah, it's, it's something they've been they they've been trying to get him involved. You know, as 
it's about getting the project I guess was about getting uh, really well known writers from other media mm-hmm. to write for comic books you know and, yeah. and they, they I think J.J. Abrams they back and forth with uh, I can't remember Nick the editor of Spider-Man Spider-Books and they backed and forth for a long time and uh, and then Henry Abrams the son mm-hmm. became interested in reading comics so they, the Marvel sent them a box of comics and said there you are and then eventually after a number of years J.J. Uh, Abrams got back to them and went actually we have an idea you know okay. and they sat down and chatted about it and it's, it's pretty cool it's pretty cool um, sticking with the spider family uh we're back to Venom, uh, Venom post absolute carnage. Uh, so this, I guess, is the next is the next story arc, uh, and it's uh, well, it's titled Venom Island. I don't know if that's a play on the the old the Spider Island story, Don Slot story from a couple of years back. But uh, Donny Cates writing, Mark Bagley on arts and cover, which I'm always glad to see, especially post life story. <laughs> Um, interesting though given how synonymous Stegman's been with Venom maybe he just yeah. needs a break after Absolute Carnage absolutely maybe there's something else going on maybe this is is this maybe two or three issues and yeah. you know but uh, I don't know is Eddie looks like he is sans symbiote and I don't know if he's in the savage land he's crying a spear he's crying a knife uh, this could be interesting uh, there's a lovely teaser variant cover by uh, Clayton Crane uh, Venom's Venom shaped skull in the foreground and the Vellum Island in the background so interesting well, what's cool about that is that's been their teaser image for leading up to this storyline I think a lot of people were really wanting that it is a variant cover but I look today it isn't a ratio variant so anybody listening to this it's on Venom if they like that cover just let us know because it's order all you want Okay, sweet. So I'll maybe get myself one of them. Though I like that Mike Bagley, Mark Bagley cover as well. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah, but you've got thirty-two pages of his art inside. Yeah, so that's fine. true. That's true. You're um, fine. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, be a wee refresher after Absolute Carnage. Yeah. Um, of Black Widow was. Were you on that? I, I read the first issue. Yeah. I thought it was good. Had a few surprise. Um, had a few surprise uh, Marvel Universe characters in there. Yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. I mean, I like Stephen Mooney's art. Um, he's him of Half Past Danger. Yes, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan yeah. of his art. Again, fi- a five-issue miniseries. Then we have the end of an era. Hold back the tears, Keith. The, the, the final chapter of the year-spanning award-winning saga it can only be the final issue of King Thor and Jason Gorin's end to his Thor saga. I am moving on. It does have a Steve Epting. 56 uh, pages. Oh, man. Uh, variant cover by Steve Epting. Variant cover by Mike Del Mondo. Oh. Yeah, we'll just, just go past story details there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're too small for me to see on the laptop anyway, so it's all good. Uh, Tanikishi Coates will be on Captain America 17, continuing The Legend of Steve. Alex Ross covers and these are fantastic um, I know this podcast isn't a visual medium but you can pick up the book yourself and have a look um, but the, the Legend of Steve this Legend of Steve storyline has really started to solidify this Captain America run for me so uh, pretty cool stuff Immortal Hulk continues uh, to issue 28 um, I don't know what's going on there's really interesting uh, really interesting Alex Ross cover Alex Ross is uh, everywhere are your children normal are they respectful of of you and other approved authority figures, do they have a poster of the Punisher on their wall? Are they angry or discourteous? Do they embrace difficult or dangerous concepts such as protest and the environment? Do they stand with the Hulk? <laughs> Ask yourself, are your children normal or have they joined the Teen Brigade? <laughs> Interesting, a wee bit of a throwback there. Uh, I think the current arc on Thor is 
sort of start or Thor and um, Hulk is starting to wind up a wee bit, you know, and uh, but certainly the book seems still strong. Uh, Savage Avengers Eight still Jerry Duggan, Patrick Zercher, uh, Doctor Doom on the front cover with his arms folded, Thor with their Thor Conan with a big sword. Um, I, I don't know if I'll still be on this book at that time. I told myself I would give it the first five or six issues, but. I mean, surely you should be on that, Roddy, just for the first line. Conan hates wizards, but this holiday... Holiday? He has to deal with both Doctor <laughs> Strange and Doctor Doom. Ho, ho, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, Avengers, Jason Aaron's Avengers, still going strong. Anybody on that? Uh, I've, I've peeled away from him a little bit, yeah. Just me. Okay, Starbrand's back. Uh, so that'll be... Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, that'll be harking back to Avengers 1 million BC Jane Fa- Foster Val- Valkyrie Jane Foster has been first couple of issues have been great very very good really good quality uh, superhero story she's not she's not Thor anymore mm-hmm. you know uh, she's, she's now the Valkyrie and the Valkyrie is the you know the Valkyries all died during the War of the Gods she's the last Valkyrie and it's her job to issue the Asgardian souls to um, Valhalla so her job, you know, her job isn't to be a hero. Her job is to, you know, watch over souls and this and that mm-hmm. and the other. And she's really struggling with that because she's used to being Thor. She's got this power that shows whenever someone's death is near. She sees this big globe with a skull and the small, the bigger it is above their heads, the more impending their death is. And she can then choose to help them avoid that death or not. Um, but it's really interesting and it's really interesting as always with the, the struggle with Jane as a as a doctor, trying to balance that with her with her life as a as a uh, as a hero so uh, yeah uh, Avengers 12 so that'll be the end of Zdarsky's run or sorry Avengers Invaders 12 the end of Zdarsky's run on Invaders it all ends here can Namor be redeemed uh, as the world drowns uh, you know so yeah that's that's been fantastic again great 80th 80th uh, anniversary celebration uh, history of the Marvel Universe coming to an end in uh, in December uh, Mark Wade uh, again really killing it on that um, yeah, from all the stories of today to the end of the Marvel Universe uh, the grand finale uh, can only has only one promise to make no one gets out alive so this is this has been great I haven't read issue 3 yet but it's like a wonderfully beautifully readable encyclopedia of the Marvel Universe it's great it's great I, that's going to make a great hardcover as well yeah so it is cool. uh, this Stark uh, Tony Stark Iron Man 19 has been promising Stark has been promising uh, Iron Man 2020 and 2020 approaches for what six months now <sighs> longer. longer so this will obviously be the last book of the last Tony Stark Iron yeah. Man of 2019 so 2019 is around the corner and that seems to be what this is suggesting uh, the Ultron agenda story finishes uh, it's been really interesting I know you're not a fan of Iron Man Alan you know but how do you know that because you mention it all the time uh, or at least you're not a fan of Tony Stark um, but this story the Tony Stark story has been exploring the nature of humanity you know the, the nature of humanity and uh, where where human intelligence ends and artificial intelligence begins and what the difference is and if there is a difference and you know the, the concepts of identity and stuff and so that's this Ultron agenda is interesting because Ultron is now a combination of Henry Pym his creator the human and Ultron the robot mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of creepy um, so he's back but 
what if there was no Tony Stark? What if there is only Iron Man? At the end of 2019, the boundaries between man and machine are blurred and broken, and the Marvel Universe will be a very different place in the year 2020. A new Iron Age is coming, and you do not want to miss this pivotal issue. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, Dan Slott's really doing a great job on that. Um, yeah. Uh, Agents of Wakanda, Future Foundation, I enjoyed the first issue of, but not enough to keep going. Fantastic Four, Point of Origin, uh, story continues, that's great. Uh, uh, Dan Slott is really doing wonders on Fantastic Four uh, after his run on Spider-Man, so loving it. Uh, first issue of Strike Force uh, came out this today. Uh, I haven't read it yet, cannot comment, but uh, certainly any any team that Blade's involved in I'm interested in as I believe you are as well Roddy mm. um, also got Doctor Doom as a villain in that as well they're sort of incorporating Doom into a few titles yeah. at the moment yeah yeah and why not uh, yeah Guardians of the Galaxy Donny Cates continues it's great stuff I'm really enjoying it uh, Daredevil Chip Zdarsky 1415 um, oh just a very quick mention for that issue 14 cover uh-huh. just simplicity itself and Again, I, I never want to spoil things for myself, but I did read the first line. I don't know if you remember it. Well, of course you'll remember it. But there was an issue of Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man not too long ago where it was Spider-Man sat down with J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Yeah. I think this is going to be the equivalent of that. Daredevil equivalent. The first line of it is just Cole North goes for a drink with the one person he never expected to. So surely him and Daredevil yeah, yeah. are just going to sit down because you've got this beautiful painted cover. Marco Cicero. You know, it's got... No, sorry, Julian Tortina Tedesco. Uh, Tedesco. Um... It's clearly Cole North and Matt Murdock sitting there. You know, Daredevil's got bloodied fists. He's got his wraps on his hands. Yeah, and, and his billy clubs are his billy clubs are sitting next to uh, the police badge. police badge. Just yeah. wonderfully simple yeah. cover, but like every Daredevil cover, which is just awesome. So, are these two going to be teaming up against Mayor Fisk? Maybe, or is yeah. that, that going to be the plan? I would say uh, so. Roddy, we've got the uh, epic conclusion to the life of death of Conan and Conan the Barbarian number 12. We're finally bringing the initial arc to a close. Damn, look at that cover. Uh, did, did you read that uh, byline? Razezel has risen. Conan has fallen. Crom may not care, but you cannot miss this issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final chapter of the, the novella, Black Starlight as well. Oh, cool. So, um, I see Frank Thierry is on Savage Sword of Conan as well, Alan. Yeah. He's over from Jerry, Jerry Duggan. Duggan been on that. Uh, will Conan now develop a strong New York accent? <laughs> uh, well, that's it. I know Frank Thierry's doing quite a lot of the tie-ins for Absolute Carnage, so obviously by this point that'll be over. So uh, His interview on uh, Stegman and his amazing friends. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very sweary, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to vi- dip, dip very briefly and controversially. Into Star Wars Corner. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, so the first thing that the first thing that's grabbed me is uh, is Star Wars: Rise of Kylo Ren, number one of four. Now I haven't been a huge fan of uh, of the new Star Wars movies. Modern Force Awakens is all right. Last Jedi was just rubbish. say it. The Disney Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So, but this chronicles Kylo Ren is an interesting character, even if he is a bit whiny. Uh, need, needed needed spanked more as a child I think uh, it says with Ben Solo's fall comes Kylo Ren's rise uh, young Ben Solo was legendary Duke, 
Jedi Luke Skywalker's most promising pupil as the son of Rebel Alliance heroes Leia Organa and Han Solo as well as Luke's own nephew Ben has the potential to be a great force for light in the galaxy but the Skywalker Walker legacy easy for them to say uh, casts a long shadow and the currents of the dark side run deep and Darth Vader's blood runs in ben, Ben's veins voices call from both his path and his future telling him who he must be he will shatter he will be reforged his destiny will be revealed Snook awaits the Knights of Kylo Ren the Knights of Ren await uh, Ben Solo's path to his true self begins here so uh, Charles Sewell and uh, Will Slinney and uh, a lovely cover there by Clayton Crane um, so that is my first delve into uh, Star Wars Corner my second just, is one just very quickly just before you move on from that just because I thought it was really interesting um, there was an article in an interview that came out yesterday um, and the title of it was The Rise of Kylo Ren Comic Writer is Bracing Himself for Angry Comments yeah um, so it's. Uh, I just thought it was really interesting that um, so Charles Soli recently appeared at a fan expo and explained that some Star Wars jobs like this can be a great time since you get to play in the sandbox. Um, but at the same time, he says he's really worried because Star Wars fans don't always like the stuff he does. So it's just it's just really weird. Sort of, it's a really weird, interesting look at fandom. I. I don't think there's a more toxic fandom at the moment than Star Wars, you know, for better or worse. Trump voters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Boris Johnson voters. I can't, I can't argue with that, you know. But I see it, what you mean, though. But I just find it interesting because for any sort of geek or any, you know, any fan of Star Wars growing up who was so inspired by that trilogy and so inspired by that universe now gets to write and play in that sandbox and the first thing is they're worried in case like yeah. fans don't like yeah. it it's it should be a dream job to be able yeah. to contribute something to and Charles Soule has has done a number of those Star yeah. Wars books hasn't he yeah you know, and I he's mean, got blowback here and there and yeah. it, you just sometimes wonder with fandom it just I, uh, sits uneasy I read very early on some of the Jason Aaron stuff and the Kieran Gillen stuff and I read I didn't dislike it my my issue is that I've lost track of it completely and that's why whenever we're going through this book I always glance by Star Wars Corner because I don't know where it is I don't understand I don't know how it relates to anything that I know of Star Wars uh, but it's not that it's not great stuff and what's interesting is they're bringing out uh, in December Star Wars Saga number one now these saga books are always uh, one shots and they're designed to bring you up to date with stuff yeah mm-hmm. so this is uh, Jess Harold various writers um, and John Cassidy uh, on cover art and John, Ca- John Cassidy's art is fantastic I first became uh, aware of him on uh, The Lone Ranger for Dynamite um, says as the stage is set for the next great chapter in Marvel's exploration of the galaxy far far away get caught up on the story so far this special issue celebrates all the action drama and fan favourite characters both classic and brand new that define Jason Aaron, Kieran Gillen, and Greg Pak's Star Wars runs. I mean, look at those names. Jason Aaron, Kieran Gillen, and Greg Pak. What could be wrong with Star Wars comics? Like, from Luke Skywalker's earliest confrontations with Darth Vader to the Rebel Alliance's furious clashes with the resurgent Empire, from the introduction of Han Solo's wife, Sana Staros, see, lost, uh, to the <laughs> debut of the ruthless elite stormtrooper unit known as the Scar Squadron, to the from the devastation of the Hope Dies storyline to the scourging. Shu Tarun. The Star Wars saga is packed with major moments in the lives of rebels and rogues alike, featuring stunning artwork with a host of incredible talents plus exciting extras. So, I might grab that, and that might make me jump onto some Star Wars stuff because I'll be up to date, you know. But look at those writers, like 
Uh, Inter- interestingly, earlier I said in the shop, um, yeah, I mean, Star Wars had some great writers, you know, Charles Soule, Karen Gillan. Then I went to walk away and I went, <clears throat> Jason Aaron? <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. Uh, well, you know what they were saying about Toxic Fandom? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Star Wars, Star Wars and Toxic Fandom. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, know. like, I'm, I have no interest in Star Wars, like, so I've seen the films. That's about as far as my interest goes. Don't care. Not to say I. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's, don't say yeah, how you really feel yeah, or anything like Just like it's not for me. <laughs> I don't know why God you know uh, done right done right and also yeah yeah it's but uh, so I don't know if, if Empire Ascendant number one is the is that that next step uh, uh, yeah I don't know uh, what's what the crack is uh, but yeah so there you are uh, we dip into Star Wars Corner are you all very proud of me? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure Roddy was happy with Star Wars Corner no. getting more airtime there. Yeah. That was, uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, you will be happy to learn that that is more or less uh, me on the Marvel side of things. Right. Is there anything uh, there in the back that's uh, jumping just, out? Just going to throw a very couple of quick shout outs. Just um, I'm a massive Silver Surfer fan. They're bringing out this beautiful new omnibus, which is going to have Silver Surfer 1 to 7 and 8 to 18 as well as material from Fantastic Four. Um, uh, Vicky, if you want to buy me that for Christmas, I'd be very, very pleased. Um, that's a... Is that a March? Oh, don't say that. No, it's not. It's not. Sorry, the Wolverine above it is a March. Yeah, um, the reprint so in a very... Um, See, if you're interested in Wolverine, that's just about the best you can get. Yep, has everything from the the Frank Miller run, the Wolverine 1 to 4. It has the, debut, the Incredible Hulk yeah. debut issues. It has Web Uncanny X. X-Men, Kitty Pride and Wolverine, Captain America, Daniel. Reliving Logan's romance with Mariko or Yoshida and his ghostly clash with the with Logan. A ton of stuff in there. Really great stuff. Um, so wanted to point a couple of those out. Oh. wanted to point out that Absolute Carnage, just in case you have not jumped on it, it has been fantastic. Uh, the trade is due out in January 2020. Uh, I can't believe we're talking 2020 already, but there you go. Um, so I think that's going to be a really popular trade. Um, there was one more I wanted to just showcase. Amazing Spider-Man Hunted. I think we can all agree that was yeah, absolutely. one of the best Spider-Man stories of the year. Um, and then yeah, a couple other trades: Captain Marvel, Miles Morales. There's yeah, there's some good trades, and a special shout out actually, Invisible Woman. That series has been a real delight actually, and was not expecting it to be. Um, Marvel do a series of monograph trade paperbacks, you know, showcasing uh, art of particular artists, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they worth it's shipping in January, but uh, they're they're uh, soliciting it this month. And that is the art of Declan Shelby. So uh, just a wee shout out oh, wow. for, uh, for a local, a local artist, yeah. an, an Irish artist. Uh, kinetic and expressive style depicts the Marvel Universe as a dramatic, brutal and brilliant, uh, brilliant as ever been detected, depicted on Moon Knight, Deadpool, Daredevil, Return of Wolverine, uh, not to mention innumerable covers. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, some, some pretty good stuff. There, I think it's going to be a good month for Marvel. That's, to be honest, it's actually yeah. I got a wee bit more excited than uh, than whatever I was looking at earlier. I'll admit. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. cool. Okay, what's up next? Oh, that uh, did we talk about that? The Invisible Woman, uh, Mark Wade trade paperback. Yeah, it was just saying a wee quick yeah. shout out that it's been a bit of a delight of a series um, thus far. Yeah, um, really good series and great cliffhangers every issue as well. Like they're really expanding that world nicely. Um, 
Yeah, some great stuff there, Marvel-wise. Yeah, Doctor Strange by Mark Wade, Volume 4. Not bad either. Um, cool. Okay, what is which next? has an effortless segue into the other giant universe, which is the DC book. Um, Who? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Only kidding. That sound was me hitting Keith. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, although he would laugh if I hit him, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so D- DC previews book. Um, again, this book showcases sometimes the dangers of previews books. Um, the first yeah. title up is one called Year of the Villain Hell Arisen. Now, this has my interest for two reasons. One, James Tinney in the fourth, who we should mention. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on being the next uh, main Batman title writer after Tom Keen. Is that a run. fact? That is a fact. Confirmed? Confirmed on Batman yeah. Day this year. Brilliant. Uh, they held a panel in uh, in New York, I believe. And uh, him, he was there, Schneider was there, and I think it was Dan DeDio, your friend. Um, <laughs> so, but it, before he gets to that, he is doing this four-issue miniseries. So, um, uh, sorry, uh, your, your thoughts then on Tillian oh, and King? Yeah, yeah great yeah. choice. Um, I mean, we all, I think we're secretly hoping Tom Taylor would take it, um, just because of his stellar work this year. But no, Tillian's more than deserving. He's earned his stripes he relaunched Detective Comics and Rebirth um, some great stuff there he's done Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles he's he's a lot of experience with Gotham um, the only thing I will say is that it makes me feel old because he's only 31 and he's about to start writing Batman god damn it so you know, makes, makes you feel old doesn't it it does yeah <laughs> it does <laughs> but yeah as I say so the first title up in the previous book Year of the Villain Hell Arisen number one of four uh, Jim Stinney in the fourth on writing and Steve Epting on art. So that, Epting, I'm sold. That is a great team. Uh, the only thing is, this is sort of from the fallout of the Batman Superman miniseries Which and the end of the Justice League Doom War second series. Issue was today. It was Batman Superman Doom War is really interesting. It's been very good. I mean, I, th- I think Tinian has definitely had more of a hands-on approach with Justice League yeah, in the last yeah. few issues. Um, a, a fact clearly, you know. Well, made clear by the fact you're enjoying it. I'm still on it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, that this just basically seems to pitch uh, the Batman who laughs has created his own sort of version of the Legion of Doom, and he's going up against Lex Luthor. Sounds really interesting. I just don't want to talk about it too much more because it uh, it gives away some spoilers for the direction Batman mm, Superman. Interested in uh, you know obviously Lex Luthor. Apex Lex, uh, the ultimate predator, um, is set up now alongside as Perpetua's servant, yeah. uh, as the big bad of the DC universe through this year. The villain, like it or dislike it, I'm not sure what I think of the way they've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, that year the villain thing. It's 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 a weird. It's, it's not really been an event. I wouldn't no, say it's it's it's, it's been a Justice League title with smatterings of other it's stuff been an, over, an overarching theme more than anything hasn't it um, but, but even the one shots as well I would say because I've read the Black Mask one by Tom Taylor I read the Riddler one they all seem like set up for other series they don't seem yeah, part of a yeah, big yeah. plot I mean the, the majority of it seems to be happening as you say in Justice League yeah um, but I mean so Lex has been set up as the as the big bad yeah so and obviously Batman Who Laughs has been set up as a street level big bad after metal yeah. You know what I mean? After metal, he's become more of a city level threat yeah. than the galactic than the, the world threat he was. Yeah. You know, but I mean, is this is this setting up the Batman who laughs as a protagonist if they're if they're against one another, um, or setting Lex up as a protagonist? I don't know. Anyway. It'll, it'll be an interesting one to see because none of the other characters are mentioned. But um, I covers, always covers a wee bit spoilery. 
Yeah, I almost think that it's not necessarily that Batman Who Laughs is going to be a protagonist in it, but I think that he's trying to defend the Dark Multiverse, which is his multiverse, you know, sort of thing. I don't think he's trying to save Earth or anything. But I mean, what I mean, the 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 the, the thing about Perpetua is that she wants she wants to destroy the entire multiverse. Yeah, she doesn't want just to destroy the universe. So as as by virtue of is it you know enemy of mine enemy is my friend enemy yeah. is my friend does that now make uh, it's true Batman who laughs are are a good guy yeah you know? but again creative team on that very very strong so uh, yeah definitely be picking that up just as we speak about film of the year there's a couple of one shots there that to be honest they'll either interest or the one one's Harley Quinn nope and the other is Ocean Master uh, I'm not massively sold as I say on the one shots I've sort of picked up the odd one here and you there you know what I'm really enjoying about Ocean Master mm. the fact that the writer's called Dan Waters then <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up after that they're continuing with the DC Black Label Hill House comics um, so this will be the third title released uh, this is The Lolo Woods uh, written by Carmen Maria Machado and art by Danny um yeah, the little uh, blurb for this shutter to think, uh, I guess P.A.S. Pennsylvania, has been on fire for years. The coal mines beneath it, long since abandoned. The woods are full of rabbits with human eyes, a dear woman who stalks hungry girls and swaths of skinless men. And the people in shudder to think, well, they're not doing so well either. When Ellen Octavia woke up at a movie theatre with no memory of the last few hours of their lives, that must have been one powerful movie, um, the two teenage dirtbags begin a surreal and terrifying journey to discover the truth about the strange town that they call home. DC and Hill House Comics present the comics debut of award-winning best-selling horror writer, uh, Carmen Maria Machado. Uh, the Lolo Woods explores body horror down paths yet unexplored in comics that will leave readers searching for their way back home and terrified of what they will find upon their return. Um, I probably will pick up all the number ones of the Hill House stuff and then just go from there. Um, the ones that are written specifically by Joe Hill, I know I'll definitely stay on, mm. just because I think he's an exceptionally skilled uh, writer. Yeah, okay, so the Hill House is not necessarily, it's his imprint. Yeah, he's essentially. He's it, it's not all written by him. It's like a better version of Young Animal. Okay. You know? That one's just for you, Steve. Um, <laughs> then the next one we have is something I'm personally very interested in, uh, which is The Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child at number one. Uh, this seems to be a prestige format one shot um, 48 pages Frank Miller writes Eddie Murphy <laughs> is that, is that ok I'm going to be disappointed in this title now just because it's not that uh, written by Frank Miller art and cover by Raphael Grandpa which I think is a Spanish artist um, but this is an expansion of the Dark Knight Returns universe um, Whatever way you look at it, Dark Knight Returns is a masterpiece. DK2 is a mess. But I really personally enjoyed Dark Knight 3, Master Race. What this is doing is looking at sort of the next generation. So in this one, you've got um, Superman's daughter, uh, Lara, who has spent the time learning to be more human. Uh, Carrie Kelly is now growing into her new role as Batwoman. Uh, but a terrifying evil has returned to Gotham City, and Lara and Carrie must team up to stop this growing threat, and they have a secret weapon. Young Jonathan Kent, the Golden Child, has a power inside of him unlike anything the world has ever seen, and it's about to be unleashed. Uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I like the idea of expanding that world just through a one-shot. The last one they did like that was um, Dark Knight Returns Last Crusade, which was written by Miller, but art by John Romita Jr. It was a great title. 
Um, so yeah, really, I think um, that's going to be big. Prestige format. Uh, Rafael Grampa is a Brazilian comic book Brazil. artist, director, and storyteller. Once part. mentioned by Mark Miller, founder of Miller Word, as one of the greatest living comic book artists, and often qualified by him as brilliant and genius. The only thing that worries me with it is the uh, amount of variants that are 1 to 500, 1 to 100, 1 to 25, etc. Um, um, wouldn't be a Frank Miller comic we like trying to make a bucket load of money off I'm of making that extra nah, bucks not for me I'm going to skip it uh, they lost me at Dark Knight 3 um, did you read Dark Knight 3 were you, read, not a, were you just I not read, a fan I read the first two issues and I just I didn't yeah. do it for me fair um, enough and then secondly it lost me at Prestige Format Prestige Format is not Black Label Format okay so what you'll notice in the DC book is if it gives the measurements it's larger it's, it's so large, for example yeah. there's a there's a Wonder <laughs> Woman title we'll come to later but it says approximately 8.5 by 10.8 uh, but if it's prestige format that's like okay. um, last night oh right Square well, that's lovely last yeah. night is a great book um, um, now on to something that I think is going to achieve the impossible possibly a book involving Har- Harley Quinn is going to end up on Keith's pill list but yep. why will this happen because Suicide Squad number one is written by Tom, Tom Taylor, Taylor. Mm-hmm. art by Bruno Redondo, uh, who was his artist, I believe, in Unjustice right. as well. Um, so these guys have worked together before um, on long form storytelling. Injustice went through, I think, at least four years, and then moved on to Injustice Two. Um, so yeah, uh, relaunch for Suicide Squad. Usually characters I'm not massively interested in, but again, the uh, the writer has my attention every single time. But also, I like the way that. Um, like the Suicide Squad, by definition, should have a rotating cast of characters because yeah. the whole idea is that they are being sent on suicide missions. No one's going to miss them if they die. Um, and I like that the byline for this is Task Force X returns in this exercise debut issue, but not everyone will survive. Bruno Redondo, I recognise that name from uh, Dan Abnett's recent Titans series. Uh, I did a lot of okay. covers and a lot of internal art. So that has made up my mind. I will grab the first issue of that. You heard it here, Ronnie. You <laughs> yeah. heard it here. Yeah, because I saw I just yeah, I, I saw the cover. I saw the cover by Ivan Reyes and Joe Prada, and I thought that looks good, but it's just cover art. But no, that's cool. What's the solicit information on that then? So, Suicide Squad Task Force X, nicknamed the Suicide Squad, unites some of DCU's unlikeliest villains for its bloodiest series yet. The squad's new, which you know, based on deceased. Tom Taylor has no problem writing a bloody series. Uh, the squad's new mission is to neutralize a new group of international super terrorists known as the Revolutionaries, and not everyone on either side will make it out alive. But when the US government's most uh, deniable team of do-batters realize that the surviving Revolutionaries will be joining the squad, all hell breaks loose. Who can Harley Quinn and Deadshot trust when their new teammates are the very people the crew was just assigned to kill? <laughs> The Suicide Squad doesn't just need to worry about surviving their next mission, now they have to survive each other. The acclaimed Injustice creative team of writer Tom Taylor and artist Bruno Redondo reunite for the wildest incarnation of the squad ever seen. At least until James Gunn releases a movie. Yeah, yeah, as you say, a rotating squad is is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's what you need. There need to be consequences for these characters, so... Yeah, absolutely. Quick shout out just for the titles, The Infected. Um, these are obviously ones that are going to be linked to Batman Superman, Batman, Superman and then ultimately to the uh, the first series we were chatting about, The uh, Hell Arisen. Um, although the one that interests me out of the two, one is Deathbringer, which is focusing on Donna Troy. These are all one shots, I should say. But this one really intrigues me, The Infected, The Commissioner Number 1, uh, written by Paul Jenkins, art by Jack Herbert. 
Commissioner Gordon has dedicated his life to the safety of the citizens of Gotham. Sure, he doesn't wear a cape, but this hero has chosen a thankless job because it's the right thing to do. But what happens when Jim Gordon's sense of duty and honour is stripped away? What happens when Gotham City's greatest public pillar of justice finally says, enough? Spinning out of the events of The Batman Who Laughs and Batman Superman comes the story of a man who has finally given in to his worst impulses and he might just take the entire city into darkness with him. I love the cover of that. Stunning, simple cover. Old Victor Bogdanovich. Yeah. He's very much a uh, student of Capullo. Does very oh, really? Does work very similar to Capullo. Um, but yeah, that cover art is just stunning. You know, the reflection of the Batman who laughs in the puddle. The sort of red background, pouring rain. Paul Jenkins is some writer, creator of the the Sentry, and um, I guess uh, wrote Origin along with uh, Casada and Bill Jemis. Yeah. Um, Spectacular Spider-Man, an entire run on that. Is there only uh, one tale from the Dark Multiverse yeah. this month? So next up, so the tales from the Dark Multiverse they'll be launching in the next couple of weeks. The first couple, which were Nightfall and Death of Superman, so these were sort of Dark Multiverse reimaginings of classic DC stories. How did this event play out in the Dark Multiverse relative to? Essentially, Marvel? yeah. Um, so what they've got for this month is uh, the Judas Contract, which was a big Teen Titans storyline, I believe, involving Deathstroke and the Teen Titans. Uh, so the Dark Multiverse reimagines one of the most renowned series in comic book history, The Judas Contract. In this shocking tale, Terra's betrayal starts not with the Teen Titans, but with Deathstroke himself. Now free from her mentor's influence and supercharged by the same serum that turned Slade Wilson into the world's deadliest man, Tara Markov will forge a new destiny written in the Teen Titans' blood. Um, I'm looking forward to these Dark Multiverse ones. I love one-shot comics. Um, prestige format again, so square bound, 48 pages. Um, yep, sign me up for every one of those as they come out. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths number eight is getting the facsimile. Uh, I believe this was uh, the issue where Barry Allen sacrifices himself. Um, so that's obviously with the upcoming TV event in mind. Yes. Uh, oh, and I see there was another uh, announcement about that, wasn't there? Tom Welling. Tom Welling. Yep. But also another announcement that the guy who played Lex Luthor in Smallville will not be in the <laughs> Um, for better or worse I don't know I've never watched Small Bills Lana Bills. is in it too mm-hmm. not Lana no not Lana Lois Lois not yeah. Lana ah not Lana Chris, yeah. Chris, Kristen Craig Kristen Craig yeah, yeah. Um, then we move on to a new DC Black Label title Keith's favourite corner um, uh. we've we've had a good couple of back and forths <laughs> on the merits and drawbacks of uh Black label. I don't think Keith's going to be convinced at this point, no. which is fair enough. Um, it's the it's the format that's put me on. It's not the. I like the format. I I, I do see the benefits of it, but again, I'm on board with the format, but I understand Keith's predicament. Oh, you're so on the fence on this one. Playing both sides, <laughs> love it. No, I I love it. I love it. It's a it's a different approach. I think um, it feels special. European sized yeah. comic. Like I love it. I, I feel like it feels like an event comic you know what I mean but but, but I understand Keith's point as well yeah. Last Night on Earth feels like an event comic in it's traditional size but square bound and you know but no I, I like it so far Damned was alright but the art was stellar I've really dug Superman Year One so far uh, I've picked up Harleen today which is the first issue of the Harley Quinn one okay. Stepan Sajic so I'm looking forward to digging into that but this one is going to be a Wonder Woman title and again it's good to see Black Label is expanding beyond Batman and Superman so this is going to be a four issue one um, Wonder Woman Dead Earth number one 
Uh, I also like a title that is written, drawn, and variant done by the same person. <laughs> this is this has yeah. Sean Murphy, Curse of the White Knight, all over <laughs> it. Um, so it's uh, an artist called Daniel Warren Johnson. Four um, issues. Four issues. Yeah, it's going to be. Now I'm a fan of this guy. He the two main series that come to mind. There was a great image series called Extremity that he did, and he also did Murder Falcon, which if you've never read it is brilliant. It's all about this falcon that gains its powers from how hard this um, sort of retired rocker can shred his guitar. Uh, It's really, really (laughs) silly, but really, really cool. Um, So for this one, uh, the celebrated creator of Murder Falcon in Extremity and the artist of The Ghost Fleet, Daniel Warren Johnson brings bold sci-fi chops to his DC debut with a harrowing vision of Wonder Woman, unlike anything you've ever seen. Uh, Princess Diana left paradise to save man's world from itself. When Wonder Woman awakens from a centuries-long sleep to discover the Earth reduced to a nuclear wasteland, she knows she failed. Trapped alone in a grim future, Diana must protect the last human city from titanic monsters while uncovering its secret of this dead Earth and how she may be responsible for it. I think this sounds great. Um, And again, I love the artist. There's a Um, nice wee interview with him as well there. Yeah. Do you want me to read all that out? Yes, please do. Do 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 you have a spare 10 minutes to read it? The world is. Yeah. No, I'm not going to. Uh, but yeah, obviously the previous yeah. books are always in the story. You know, pop yourself in. But yeah, it's it's good to see as well artists and creators who have successfully, you know, launched their own indie stuff, then getting their opportunity. There you go. At yeah, DC yeah. and Marvel, you know, this is his debut. It's not like we're going to bring you in. Some someone else is going to write this for you. But if you could draw, yeah. or but, it's not just do like a little um, a one shot, a one shot of a. Um, minis or like an event tie-in it's like no here you go you're doing a go big yeah keith isn't gonna buy it obviously but (laughs) i mean you still get to do a series so yeah that's all good right (laughs) if that's the cover it looks brilliant yeah really really does and he's doing it all himself you can't can't go wrong with that but the only thing is with the um the black label stuff the big black label stuff Mm -hmm. i was in the store was last week um, and I was looking at the Batman Damned hardcover mm-hmm. it's gorgeous looking really really is so with a lot of that stuff I'm tempted to just kind of hold off that's yeah, the only trade danger um, I'll just read out one tiny bit from the interview because I just read it there it sounds really sort of like his process for this book so he was asked what's your visual approach to Wonder Woman Dead Earth and he says fantasy elements but with Wonder Woman at centre stage mixed with these dynamic fight scenes because her changed powers are limiting her ability, it allows for more of a down and dirty feel. In the first issue, she has a bar fight. She kicks a table into a bunch of warlords. I'm really excited about that concept of this very elegant figure getting down in, in the dirt. Getting to draw that is really fun, and it's a way to re-examine the character. It's cool to be able to draw elements of the DC Universe, but in complete and total wreckage. The cover looks like something out of Conan, to be honest. So You're not yep. going to convince him. You're not going to convince him. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> it says post-apocalyptic survival. Yeah, That's yeah. normally my arena. Like, yeah. you know, we'll get him there. Okay. We'll get him. Yeah, uh. he'll pick up the first one. <laughs> to be fair, <coughs> Wonder Woman's not one of my big pulls either. We'll get him there. That's yeah. fine. We'll get him. There. Um, the yeah. question. If I'm not on the question, you're not getting me. Uh, fair. Fair. Um, so we've got a couple of all ages uh, graphic novels and books coming out Batman Tales Once Upon a Crime beautiful cover by Dustin Nguyen who does uh, Batman Little Gotham I really like these ones yeah mm-hmm. I mean it's like for kids stuff I like that they're expanding quite a bit um, and trying to expand their audience instead of just you know focusing on either you know seasoned veterans like ourselves or sort of new readers who are sort of late teens early twenties 
I like that they're, they're tailoring titles for younger audience. Yeah, so absolutely. Need to get them on board. Absolutely. Get, get them before they develop that drug habit. You know? yeah, absolutely. If it's good enough for the Catholic Church, it's good enough for comic book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you've got a couple of titles here. Batman Tales, Once Upon a Crime. You've got Shadow of the Batgirl and Zatanna and the House of Secrets. Um, so a good broad range of characters there as well. Um, we're going to be jumping on to action comics. Would that be John Romita Jr. on art for action comics? That would indeed. I think Keith is a happy man, and yet he still oh, yes. won't buy Superman Year One, which is John Romita Jr. at his finest. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I had to get that out. Um, Sorry, Daniel. Sorry. Maybe I'll buy it. He's maybe I'll buy it in the trade paperback yeah. when it comes out. Maybe I'll get him in Secret Santa, and he'll be getting the trade whether he likes it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so Action Comics 1018. So, <laughs> Mick, maybe I'll get him in Secret Santa. <laughs> you made a Secret Santa sound like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll get the single <laughs> issues since they're really annoying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this looks to be part two of a storyline called Metropolis Doom. So hopefully, what that's going to be is hopefully Romina Junior's on ten seventeen as well. Mm. Uh, it'd be nice to see um, continuity of artists just on those uh, on those storylines. Yeah, so yeah. Ben, this continuing his good work in action comics. Um, you know, then you've got all the. We're basically moving away from the new titles onto the ongoing. You've got Aquaman continuing. It's gonna be a hard one across the page, Alan. Girl, let's just look at the roof here. Yeah, Batman, Batman. It's, 80, it. it's eighty-four and eighty-five, man. Yeah. That's that's Tom King's last issue. The final right one? there, yeah. so, wow. right there. City Do of being, City of being no, really it's, it's shocking end with an extra sized issue. So that's a little more Tom King goodness. That's gonna be a sad day. Forty-eight pages. This is a sad month. Who's doing the art for it? Uh, I think it's Tony Daniel, but I'll let you check. Uh, art and cover on both by Mikael Janin. Oh, Mikael Janin's doing oh, fantastic. Tony Daniel's doing So Mikael Janin was the artist oh, on uh, yeah. Jokes and Riddles. Yeah. yeah. Matina's doing some variants that look very nice. Cardstock uh, variants, no less. We'll happily move on for you. Yeah, cool. you know, December's going to be depressing, Keith, because yeah. you're going to have the end of King Thor with Jason Aaron. I'm going to have the end of Batman with well, Tom We're all King. going to have the end of Batman by Tom King. You know? Well, I'm not. You're not. Maybe I'll get you in Secret Santa. You'll get get Tom King's first trade <laughs> um, so yeah continuing the Batman stuff Batman Beyond is the title that every month we talk about it every month I want to read it I'm going to read Keith's collection at some point absolutely 100% yeah. um, I'll have it after <laughs> Curse of the White Knight number 5 I don't want to read too much there Sean number 3 Murphy came out things. this week yep. Um, looking forward to this Batman's Grave launching um, issue 3 solicited here but just that team of Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch um, I'll look forward to that again 12 issue miniseries always nice to see Batman examined in a sort of shorter format like that rather than it just happened to be ongoings mm-hmm. um, again Batman Superman don't want too many uh, too many spoilers is that a f- what how many issues is that uh, that's number 5 of 6 5 of 6 and yeah. it says that this issue leads directly into the year of the villain Hell or Isn't yeah. number 1 which is the, the first uh, um are you sure it's, uh, it's definitely the six? I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure, but the fact that that leads straight in does have me slightly concerned. Unless, well, we were saying you never know with DC. When it was announced, I'm nearly sure it was six issue. Anyway, and the new era dawns for the DCU in this explosive first arc finale that leads directly into. So, is this an ongoing? Yeah. Is this become an ongoing by Joshua Williamson? Maybe this is where he's going after he finishes his flash run, perhaps. His, his flash run's still going strong, and he's yeah. on it already. Um, on the opposite page, I'm just going to throw a quick bit of love out actually for Catwoman because 
I recently read the last two issues back to back. Your boy Ram V was writing them again. Uh-huh. And it was really, really linked into the events in Batman and her sort of pining for Bruce and what she left behind. And it actually linked it together really, really nicely. Oh, cool. Th- that series, which has been shepherded and mostly written by Joel Jones, has been has been awesome. And as I say, the Ram V guest issues have been brilliant. Um, again, a character I don't normally care that much about unless mm-hmm. she's in Batman. But Can I uh, stop you there and ask you to flick the page? Which way? Forward. And let's talk about, it says, the Tom Taylor's writing detective comics. Yes, I told you that before because I said you're going to jump back on the detective right, comics because okay. you keep leaving it and then it keeps just bringing you back in. This is Al Pacino Godfather yeah, territory yeah, yeah. here. This is, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't think you were talking about Deathstroke 50, no. the extra size series finale. Is it, is it, a, it says, don't miss this special tale by it's, guest writer. Yeah, so it's, it's just, just, one. just one issue. All right. I have a feeling, like Detective, it's pretty well pulled at the store, but I have a feeling this issue, especially given, you know, Roddy just massaging that Joshua Middleton, you know, variant cover there. Gorgeous. Lovely, yeah. Gorgeous. I get a feeling that's going to be a big order at the store just because we talk about Tom Taylor so much, plus I, it's I, essentially I, a one off. Yeah. Uh, Tomasi's back on it then on uh, 101. Yeah, well, that's it. You turn the page again and you're on the 1008, uh, 1018 there. There's a, there seems to be a mythical creature scampering what? across the adjoining page. That, my eyes must be deceiving me. Is that a. That must be some sort of. Page yeah, it's a detachable page, perhaps. Um, <laughs> it just comes in every with every DC book. Dare you? Dare you say it aloud? Dare you? For fear that it will no scamper off. <laughs> um, yeah. So December, we finally have our solicitation for Doomsday Clock Twelve. Um, this is one. Of, this is going to be one of my rare moments where I admit that Marvel did something better than DC. Mm-hmm. Um, you're lucky you've got this on tape. Um, I was, I've been chatting to, it, to a few people about it. I mean, Doomsday Clock 12, the more I read it, the more I agree with Keith, and it kills me in that sense that he keeps saying it's a collection of gorgeous one-shots. I'm not really sure what the overall story is, and and I'm really looking forward to reading it all back-to-back, and I'm sure it'll be incredible, but we should not have been made to wait this long. Um, House of X yes. and Powers of Ten have shown how to do a 12-issue miniseries and release it like clockwork week after week after week. And yet this is now going to take two years and a month. Um, Jesus. <laughs> which is incredible. I mean... And I, I, do, I don't want to say it. I don't want to scut anything. But uh, that's supposed to be released the week before... Uh, yeah, if that gets Audi's delayed... favourite season. If that gets delayed at all... It's not coming it, out until It is coming out in 2020. Because it won't come out in the 25th and won't come out in the 1st. Ah, I see. But see. all negativity aside... The cover is awesome. The cover, the Superman cover with the drop and of blood similar to the badge of Watchmen yeah, yeah, is just yeah. brilliant. Like, no matter how long it's taken, you can't discredit the amount of work they've put into it. Oh, it's big time. Absolutely. Big time, but you know what? Again, I go back to House and Powers. You look at the care and attention and detail yeah. and world building and... I can't. I mean, the structure say, that was given to them. I mean, House and Powers of House of X and Powers of Ten have created their, created their own language. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, gorgeous though the art, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no excuse. Like, there's no oh, excuse. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. for, that is just it's that's just bad organization and bad management. I just don't think it should be on Jeff Jones and Gary Frank. I think it's a management. I mean, Possibly maybe a time management thing if, on their part, if, but if, it should have been planned better. If Gary Frank's yeah. art or Jeff Jones' writing or both were in, why would they yeah. hold it back? Yeah, why would they hold it back? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's by that variant cover, though. I'm quasi guessing two different outcomes. 
So if you look at the variant cover on the left, you've got Dr. Manhattan in a sea of blackness. Where he's destroyed the universe. <laughs> or you see Superman beating him. Where he's killed Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Which is the two outcome, one of the two outcomes. Yeah. That's the only reason nope. that the only reason that dark the Doctor Manhattan Either way, see the future. Yeah. Either <laughs> yeah. way, the um, as much as I'm complaining about it here, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, looking forward. Um, yeah, turn the page. Flash is, as Keith says, still going very strong. Joshua Williamson. Um, what's interesting here is that it's solicited as far as eighty five, as is Batman. Of course, mm. the next issue will be the first issue where Joshua Williamson will officially have the longest run in the current. Re, mm. uh, the current run cool. uh, that's the the rogues reign uh, story is kind of interesting so the rogues have effectively all been given uh, Lex Luthor's gift yeah uh, and uh, with the speed force on the wane as a result of the other forces uh, the still force and the sage force and the strength force uh, it's it's really interesting because the flashes are the flash family are losing their speed just as the rogues are super powered so it's at the worst uh, possible time yeah though at the same time Barry has his hope back you know he's he's not mugging around anymore but yeah really really good stuff really good stuff we'll say that is one ridiculously gorgeous variant cover by Carrie Andrews for 85 mm, yeah that is yeah. a stunner uh, did you read Flash Forward number yeah, one really, yeah really really enjoyed it yeah. um, I think Flash Forward might actually show Heroes in Crisis in a more favourable light I Maybe. think I think it picked up the baton from Heroes in Crisis really well. I think it explored the troubled mind of Wally West. I think I definitely think it's going to add to it. I really, really do. Uh, first issue was great because that cover has Wally West holding a baton. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Heroes in Crisis baton. He yeah. has just grabbed and ran on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, no, I, I thought the first issue was great again. Going to be a six issue yeah. mini. Um, so enjoying that. Uh, Gotham City Monsters was actually quite a good first issue as well. I read that a week ago, um, focusing on a lot of sort of underutilized characters in DC uh, universe. You've got Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. You've got Killer Croc. You've got um, I Vampire there as well. Um, yeah, first issue was good. Uh, Andrew Bennett, I Vampire. Um, yeah, dug that. Greenlander and Black Stars. That'll be a curious one to see how many people stay on that. I know one or two people. Who are maybe ducking off the Grant Morrison madness train at I'm twelve? Off. I'm off. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's who yeah. I meant by yeah. one or two people. Jeez, yeah. um, <laughs> we got called out there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, but I'm genuinely yeah. curious. I mean, yeah. I I've really dug it, and I'll definitely continue with it. Yeah. But uh, I am curious just to see because Morrison is an acquired taste, and sometimes a little goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious to see. A lot of people obviously are closing it out because it's a twelve issue maxi series. Yeah. But yeah. unless it ends spectacularly. You know, maybe they'll jump off it. My uh, my favorite story of the whole series so far has been that one where I ended up inside the ring. That was awesome. It was yeah. five, uh, I think. Slightly, slightly Tolkien esque and yeah. fairy tale esque. It was really lovely. Yeah. Um, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, number four. Red number one. It was it was alright. It was. I don't think I'll continue with it. Um, he Man, the Masters of Multiverse, one that mm, yeah. you are very excited for. Really looking forward to that. That'll be on issue two, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Prince Kelder and his two He Man comrades. Leap headfirst into a new adventure, which is an also subtle way of telling you that we're doing it. Wait for it, Space He-Man. <laughs> now the three travelers must stop the anti-He-Man before he tears the haunted core parkour out of the heart of Starship Eternia. That's a lot of craziness. That looks an awful lot like Dolph Lundgren's uh, He-Man from the uh, He-Man movie on the front cover there. There's a He-Man movie. 
with Dolph Lundgren yeah is that a He-Man movie it really has very little to do with it <laughs> um, there in the background that looks like uh, He-Man from the like early 90s He-Man series where, which which was the space He-Man effectively so they're bringing back the new adventures of He-Man there as well cool um, I brought you around my Masters of the Universe omnibus to have a look at yes uh, that's, uh, it was a hefty tome yes so I'm not sure he'll be taking it home I don't know if he has the energy <laughs> to lift it <laughs> it's uh, 1500 pages of DC Comics He-Man and the Masters of the Universe goodness and it's been I'm about 500 pages into it which is why I'm behind on my pull list again uh, <laughs> but I'm really really enjoying it by, it, the, by the power of Grayskull yeah, from like our brief look into it it was gorgeous mm-hmm. very very good very very good stuff yeah, slightly opposite end of the scale from He-Man but this is the series that I'm looking forward to most for the rest of the year in terms of a new series starting uh, Joker Killer Smile uh, simply because again creative team Jeff Lemire, Andres Sorrentino, the team behind Gideon Falls. Um, yeah, I mean, again, the blurb here, it doesn't sound that spoilery because we know the Joker Killer Smile is all about a renowned psychologist thinking he can study the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the blurb says, Ben Arnell promised his wife and child one thing. Even though he spends his days attempting to reach the bottom of the Joker's insanity, he would never bring that madness home. No matter how dark the work gets, he would never allow the Joker's craziness to tear that family apart. And in that, he failed. The Eisner-winning creative team of Gideon Falls kicked their black-hearted chronicle of the Joker's destructive influence into high gear with an issue that turns the entire story in its head with disastrous consequences for Dr. Arnell. That's pretty much the same blurb as the first one, or the first paragraph of it anyway. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I think that's going to be fantastic. Uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, another black label title. That's going to be up as far as number three. Um, So looking forward to that. Um... Justice League Doom War, it looks like it's going to be a pretty big epic because it's reaching part 8 at this point, the Justice Doom War. Yeah. At, uh, I, I'm, I'm still on. Oh, that I mean, that Joker, Killer Smile, I'll maybe borrow off you. That's a bit of prestige on that again. But. We're moving forward, making progress. Oh. Yeah. We're making progress. Maybe, maybe. But it's not going to be shelf. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> at least until Secret Santa 2020. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that Justice Doom War uh, seems to be the culmination of of a lot of what Snyder and Tinian are doing yeah. on Justice League uh, I wonder are we working up towards a change in direction and creative team they're really it's building and building and the power levels building and building and building that it's eventually you know, you're not going to have anywhere to go yeah exactly anywhere so bigger think, to go yeah uh, I don't know if we'll be looking at a new team or but yeah Justice League 38 it's the conclusion of Justice Doom War and then that's going to lead similar to Batman Superman 5 into uh, Year of the Villain Hell Arisen but Justice League Dark okay, continuing right, okay. still digging that James Tinian on that I do wonder pardon me if that might be a series though that maybe falls by the wayside once he moves on to Batman um, I hope not because it is great but we will see uh, Legion of Superheroes again number one hasn't quite launched I, mean, I enjoyed the first issue of Millennium though that was yeah, pretty yeah. good and uh, the stuff that's going on in, uh, in Superman at the minute uh, isn't it? it is Superman yeah yeah, it is uh, yeah Superman Bendis is Superman title at the minute is Bendis really has his own corner of the DC universe now. Yeah. You know, that he's, he's building um, quite nicely. So, yeah, cool stuff. Just as we say that, you've got Lois Lane, six and seven again, just double ship month. Um, this has been a great series so far. Again, oh, Greg Rucka, we yeah. knew it was going to be. Yep, absolutely. Um, but this one, these two issues do seem to tie in, as you say, to that sort of corner Bendis is building because you have spinning out of the shocking last issues of Event Leviathan and you also have this issue ties to the events of December Superman 18 um, so I mean I wonder 
is that the same thing? Will the conclusion of Event Leviathan lead into Superman 18? So are we looking at the same event? Yeah. Which, which, as we we know from the blurb, is that the Man of Steel decides to reveal his identity to the world. Uh, well, what's interesting is Superman 18. It doesn't tell you that in the blurb, but in Lois Lane 7, it does. Yes, <laughs> uh, But yeah, this has been a fantastic book. Really. Really, uh, politically switched on. Yeah, with regard to you know current goings on and uh, definitely Greg Rucker would be. Well, of course it would. <laughs> Greg, yeah, I mean, have you picked up Lazarus yet? No. Yeah. No. Oh. I will. I will. I've got the first it's, three hardbacks. You're more yeah. than welcome to them. Oh, okay. I yeah. think you'd love them. Um, uh, speaking of great series, Martian Manhunter will be <sighs> hurtling towards its conclusion. That's number eleven of twelve. Just bonkers. Oh, oh it's insane. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> genuinely not like any other DC title um, it's the kind of thing you'd expect of like a wee indie title or something yeah. he's given Grant Morrison a run for his the, the weird but trippy money but it's it's weird and trippy but it all makes sense Morrison stuff doesn't always make there. sense yeah there's a lot of heart in this one too. yeah I think so and, and you know you, you love a good redemption story at any mm-hmm. time and that's clearly what this iteration of John Jones is you know striving for uh, Metal Men I'll be honest I don't have any interest in number one's due out in the next few weeks um, he's on it I'll stand to Dio writing it so okay uh, Nightwing 67 though speaking of down to Dio Nightwing 67 has my curiosity arisen because it all ties back to Court of Isles and possibly Rick Grayson uh so obviously the Dan Jurgens uh, on uh, the writing duties here, uh, doing the bidding of uh, Dan DeDeo and uh, and uh, uh, offing uh, Dick Grayson in favour of Rick Grayson, uh, effectively after the bullet to the head. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm 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 wondering. My 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 fondest hope of this is that Rick has been willing to accept his identity as the newest talent following his great-grandfather um, so he's been willing to accept accept a superhero identity which up until now he has not done so my fondest hope is that the acceptance of this and then the redemption from this will lead him to become Nightwing again please or, oh please or to become Batman I'm good with that too uh, after issue 100 uh, wraps uh, Shazam number nine, another Jeff Johns ridiculously dragged out title, uh, but also a wonderful title. Number seven just came out this week. It's really funny actually seeing this paired against uh, the current um, uh, Shazam who laughs. Yeah, and Batman <laughs> Superman. I like that it says in big capital letters "resolicit." <laughs> I've already ordered all my copies, man. Superman eighteen by Bendis seems to be covering this big event. Yep. Superman's family scattered across the galaxy. Uh, I think John must have gone with the Legion of Superheroes at this stage. Uh, our hero must confront some of his greatest concerns about himself and his place in the galaxy. Legendary writer, legendary artist Ivan Reyes joins uh, writer Brian Michael Bendis as they introduce the biggest change in the Man of Steel's life. Is there a better artist that drawn Superman than Ivan Reyes? I don't know. I'm not sure there is. I don't know. Um, I know Jim Lee would obviously give him a run for his money, but um, uh, that cover is really lovely. We've got Superman. Uh, in a very classic style holding his glasses and holding Clark Kent's glasses and his suit and the implication being that he's going to reveal his his identity to the world as Spider-Man did back in Civil War mm. then possibly one of the covers of the month Superman's pal Jim Olsen number 6 uh, a series that just continues to be a delight um, 
I'm really liking the anthology style of it, and it's all sort of n- yep. knitting together. It's almost like a jigsaw. I it find. is, it is, and I think it probably will bear reading as well once, yeah. it's, once it's done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, loving that. Uh, that's going to be issue six of twelve. Um, yeah, that's really good stuff. Uh, Terrific yeah. is still holding on from the Edge of Heroes. I don't know why. <laughs> um, like for me, Silencer was a much stronger title. Yeah. I even thought Damage was a stronger title. Uh, did you notice Silencer appearing in an event Leviathan? Yeah. I was really tickled to see that. Yeah. Um, and I wonder who she's working for. That's the key. Then there's a great DC moment here with a basket full of heads <laughs> and big capital letters saying now a seven issue miniseries. Yo. Um, but more Joe Hill. I don't mind yep. that. Um, but yeah, sort of wrapping up. That's most of it for me. You've got the Sandman stuff. You do have Hellblazer, which will be on issue two by then. That's a really beautiful... Really looking forward to that. Beautiful Last cover. God, uh, I'm really interested as well. DC does fantasy, isn't that the crack? And you'll uh, be delighted to see it's black label, but it's not oversized. Well, that's <laughs> that's the reason that I put it down on my post. <laughs> um, tiny bit of love for Collapser. That's been brilliant. Uh, Mikey Way writing that. Um, yeah, I think that is pretty much me. Uh, trade-wise... Don't think there was an awful lot coming out that, uh, apart from the Bat and the Cat, eighty years of romance, which I'm like in the look of because it's going to do reprints of Batman number one, number three, number fifteen, three twenty four, three ninety two, six fifteen is during the um, the Hush Run. Then it's going to have reprints of some of Tom Keane's stuff, Brave and the Bull stuff. So I'm, I'll I'll probably pick that up. I would say. Um, other than that, the only one there was one more that interested me. I see they're pushing the Birds of Prey stuff. Um, obviously, with that movie coming out, um, but, but Harleen will already be in. Well, it's an early solicit. It's out in February, but an early solicit for that. Latest Hellblazer volume up as far as twenty two. Are they ever going to run out of Hellblazer stories? Uh, oh yes, that was the other one I wanted to point out. Um, something Keith and I have been reading. Oh yeah, um, high, level. high level, which I read the finale to the other night. Yep. Um, I what does um, does it still say Vertigo on the cover of it? I didn't notice. I didn't notice either, which makes yeah. me think it doesn't. But it does just say DC here. In fairness, yeah. Um, so I read. You guys let me, or it was Keith. I think. I think we had the yes, first couple. Four. I did, um, did, yes. So I need to read the finale. I feel probably pick that up. Uh, yeah, really high level fantastic. was was great. Uh, great title written by Rob Sheridan, art by Barnaby Baganda and Amanse Nahalapan. The one that might interest Keith there, Injustice versus Masters of the Universe, given that it's the only thing missing from the uh, Bible that he has sitting yeah. over on my is that, coffee is table. That missing? <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to have to set it on fire. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just a tiny little shout out as well for Omega Man. Uh, there's going to be a deluxe edition of it. This was actually Tom Keane's first work for DC, which was a rather good 12 issue maxi series. Um, cool. Yep, I think that is it for me, other than looking. Any good statues? I really like that Harley Quinn one, which I don't normally like Harley, but this is from uh, Batman Dark Prince Charming. This was the Enrico Marini design, ah. which I really, really liked. Um, it's not your traditional Harley outfit, so I think yeah. that's why I like it. Um, and then uh, that's pretty much... That is me. Oh, wait. I turned the page a bit quickly there. Roddy just nah. saw... Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Batman animated series figures how would you look like yeah, yeah, cool. I do quite like the Azrael yeah. Nightfall Batman one in fairness so yeah that is it for Marvel and for DC which leads us directly to Indy Indy 
Well, <laughs> how excited did you sound there? I guess if we have to. Um, well, previews are obviously for December. Oh, but guys, fest. I got your back. Not going to get excited about Christmas just yet. <laughs> because October 26th, we have Halloween Comic Fest. Right? Yes. That's the day after uh, Coffee and Heroes Clay Man Fest. Yes. And the very same. So, big weekend, Coffee and Heroes. So, there's loads of good stuff. Obviously, horror related. Um, although you do have an Iron Man Tony Sp- Tony Stark special Road to Iron Man 2020 uh, Boba Fett number one Ghost Rider loads of cool stuff the horrific Halloween Boba Fett yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and loads of stuff for kids as well which might interest a lot of parents looks like a lot of good stuff in D uh, not DC Dark Horse a lot more so yeah, definitely, definitely an event to check out, and I know Alan and Vicky are away for that one. Well, we might not be. We might be there. Oh, yeah. Ooh. We might be there. We will see. See how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. Either um, way, all of us will be there. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I was going to start this off, but I think for Image, I'm going to have to hand it over to you guys. Because with Image, there's not a whole lot I want to talk about, but I know both of you have interests. Got a couple of things in Image, certainly one in particular that I am uber excited about. Yeah, take it away, Keith. Uh, It's not that, though, so work away. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, Alan. (laughs) I was just going to mention this one. This is down as one of Image's sort of gems of the month. Um, It's called 20XX. Um, The reason I'm interested in this is it's written by Jonathan Luna who did a great mini-series, just 15 issues, called Alex and Ada, um, which was all about a future where you could buy artificial companions, you know, if you were a lonely person. Um, But it was all about what it means to be human or what it means to be artificial and all this kind of stuff. Well-worn territory, but it was really, really well told. Mm -hmm. Um, And therefore, again, it goes back to what I always say of, you know, follow creators. So Jonathan Luna was also the artist on Alex and Ed as well as a writer. So uh, yeah, I'll look forward to that. It's um, you know it says if you like the high stakes drama of Westworld, for example, an altered cool. carbon. So surely that is oh, exactly okay. Cool. All right, that's uh, changed my mind. I forgot to look at that wee green bar at the bottom to <laughs> so I could find out what it was like that I liked. Yeah. So uh, what did yeah. I say? Westworld if and you like altered the carbon. The high stakes drama of Westworld and altered carbon. You'll love twenty XX. Yep, I'm in. I think the the art looks is wonderful. Um, yeah. Is it black and white, or are they just um, unfinished pages? Or? I would imagine they're unfinished. Um, Alex and Ada was full color, so we'll see. It doesn't make any mention of whether it'll be black and white or color. But then you turn the page to the next title, which I know Keith's going to talk about, oh. and the preview pages um, are colored. So, so, this so yeah. So that was twenty XX. Uh, the next one is uh, Old Guard. Force Multiplied, number one of five, by Greg Rucka. It's the second book of uh, Old Guard, which was out, what, that was like... like two years ago, I think? It was, I think it was done Maybe even more three. than that. It was 2017, so, uh, yeah, two years ago was when it finished, so... Um, it, the original Old Guard was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I have, yeah. I have a, a thing about Immortal Warriors. Highlander's one of my favourite movies of all time, so this grabbed me instantly. Um, the original story followed a team of um, immortal warriors in the modern day uh, led by uh, Andromache of uh, 
Sith Scythia and her band of soldiers, uh, who who had been around for like six thousand years, fought on every war going uh, over the over the, the eons, and uh, were now a team of, of mercenaries, and they recruit a new immortal warrior who I think she dies in Iraq or something, and uh, she realizes that she's recruited into their into their team, so she becomes Niles Freeman. She becomes the the everyman, the point of view character, you know our view on these immortal warriors and you know what they have to do to 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 keep feeling alive mm-hmm. um you know it's absolutely fantastic it's soon to be a major motion picture starring Charlize Theron uh, mm-hmm. uh on Netflix, Netflix isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely um and uh, your man from 12 years a slave uh Chai Wattel, uh so yeah um it's just uh the, just fantastic stuff I must loan you the first yeah. series is, um, does Leandro Fernandez yeah. do the first series same artist yeah, yeah. exactly so same team uh, I'm not sure I like the art it, it looks very 90s it, it, it suits it suits kind it of fits. the intention yeah so uh, I quite stunning like the art I quite um, like the art and the art reminded me of yeah. Eduardo Risso who did 100 Bullets mm-hmm. um, similar sort of stuff so they're back for a second story chronicling the battles and burdens of their dubious immortality Niles additions to the team has given them new purpose and new direction but when you've got 6,000 years of history at your back the past is always ready to return with a vengeance Greg Rocky as you know I can't speak highly enough about yeah. Lois Lane Lazarus you know um, so yeah uh, really, really look. I've been waiting for this for ages. It feels like so, despite the fact that it only seems that it's two years. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, really looking forward to this. So, yep. Cool. If you're a fan of uh, what does it say? It doesn't say. It's um, a Netflix it, blurb. It's you know what? Check if, out the TV series. If you're a fan of or anything movie, anything Highlander related, you'll love it. Yep. Oh, but sure. first of all, before even considering jumping on it, get the first one because it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is yeah, really, yeah, really exactly. good. I assume it's offered somewhere in the back here. As a yeah, yeah, it's re-offered. Yeah, I believe it's available in all the usual cool history um, stores. I believe we were talking about one man uh, comic book teams. This uh, next one is called Lucy Clare Redemption Number One. Uh, there is a writer and artist called John Upchurch who I'm not too familiar with um, and this one is for fans of Jessica Jones and Buffy so you'll I think you know what you're going to get with that yeah yeah um, looks yeah looks supernatural there's a werewolf on the cover yeah looks interesting not my bag but someone will like it I guess <laughs> although turning the page the art is gorgeous I have to say really really nice looking book so Yep, just gonna keep turning. What about this one, Alan? That's interesting. Sorry, I just want to go back to that oh. that title you were talking about before. So I recognised the surname Upchurch straight away because there was an artist called Rock Upchurch who was the original artist on Rat Queens. Mm-hmm. Now Rat Queens is a wonderful title. It's um, it's essentially a, like a D and D fantasy type thing, but instead of like the four main characters being four men who are hard drinking hard partying warriors it's four women mm-hmm. uh, but they act in the exact same way so it's a really good title but Rock Up Church was the artist for the first two arcs and then he left and I never looked into why he left and I've just looked it up there and he was basically arrested for domestic abuse uh-huh. and was um, subsequently um, sent to jail for a while but it just says here Rock Up Church or John Up Church right. is returning to comics with 
Everglade Angels is what it says here. That was in July, so has the title changed? Changed, perhaps. But the, the yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. So I don't know if that's a changing name for a reason or. Let me see here. There's just a wee article here in Blinko. Anyway, so he's, trying, um, he's trying for redemption of his own, really. Here. Yeah. Uh, not so sure. Um, so yeah, this one I didn't really even notice to be honest when I looked through earlier. Um, but this is the Project Xmas. Yeah. Yeah, that's got me really intrigued. I mean, Mark Miller is a bit like um, Kirkman in that he loves the industry, loves playing with the expectations of the industry. This is almost akin to uh, a thing in Each Dead last year, which was Die Die Die, um, which was a great title. But they didn't tell you what it was going to be when you you placed your orders. They literally just said mystery image title. Even as far as the invoice three days before your delivery, mystery image title. <laughs> so, pardon me. So that was Kirkman. Mark Miller's doing this one and it's called Project Xmas Number 1. It doesn't even say one of anything. But it says writer Mark Miller, artist, top secret. Cover A, top secret. Cover B, Frank Whiteley. Uh... But uh, what they're doing here is it says Mark Miller and Netflix have teamed up to give you the perfect Christmas gift, the sequel to one of the most beloved Miller World projects since the dawn of time. The twist is that you don't know what it is. And like all good gifts, you're in for a nice surprise when you open the delivery boxes on December 18th. Can you guess what Santa's going to bring you? So I like that they're actually talking there not to the readers, but to mm -hmm. the retailers. Well, can't when wait you me. open your delivery boxes. <laughs> um, it's interesting as well because they always do this thing offered again where they tell you about titles related to it so they've got Jupiter's Circle Jupiter's Legacy Reborn Starlight and Wanted although you were kind of guessing I'm, Huck I yeah. think it's going to be Huck because Huck is you know it's like a big sort of lovable main character maybe has that family Christmas feel I'm hoping against hope it's Magic Order Oof. yeah hoping against hope it's Magic Order doesn't seem Christmassy does it it doesn't but then again, that's Mark Miller always Ooh, defies yeah. expectations, so it yeah. could be. You never know, it might be um, the main character's magic order sitting around at Christmas when a new yeah. evil arises, you know what I mean? But well, please be magic I'm order. I'm looking forward to uh, comic book sites spoiling it a few days before, anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll find out. Yeah. Just start unfollowing yeah. uh, any comic news sites a couple of days yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely But yeah, right. like that's. Anyone that spoils that like doesn't deserve to work in comics. Like that, the whole point of it is yeah, the love of this industry. And like, see, to be honest, I think when it comes to us, what I might even do is like the only thing they've solicited here is that it looks like a, a wrapped parcel, you know, with a ribbon <laughs> around it. I might actually see who wants to jump on this and just wrap it up in wrapping paper when they pick it up. Sure. It might get that way. It might get two advanced um, pre-orders. It might get fifty. I don't know, <laughs> but I think it'll be a fun thing to do. To yeah, just be like fifty things will get you into the spirit of Christmas. <sighs> yeah, well, I'll get you in to do that because you're such a Christmas guy, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I just I love I love guys who play with the industry a little bit and yeah yeah you yep. know um, you know Kirkman's reason for die 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 said was you know back when he first started getting into comics it was he would walk into a comic store there was no internet so he didn't know what was coming out yeah so just based on a cover he would be like oh, i'll give this a go You'd pick up whatever was in the racks exactly cool. so yeah so i really like the idea of that so 
fingers crossed it is magic order but I think it's going to be Hulk oh. Oh, awesome um, how about this one you guys like excellence don't you excellence I just read the latest yes. issue of it actually yeah. this mm-hmm. afternoon so Brandon Thomas is here the writer of excellence uh-huh. to give you hardcore reloaded number one of five yeah we'll hardcore was one that came out that's a second volume of it um, hardcore uh-huh. came out earlier in the year it was, it was very much like a 90s Rob Liefeld joint oh returns with more bullets than John Wick was it the thing about the people like, who could jump into mines yeah of people right. and then use them as for assassins and so stuff like that. I had not realised that that was that wasn't Brandon Thomas though was it that was John what do you call him that did um Atomic Blonde, but it's not called Atomic Blonde. Uh, ooh, somebody help me. <laughs> Andy Diggle. Yes. Did he? Yep. Do yes, this? he did yep. the Losers. He did the first arc of Hardcore. He did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this, so this, so this is, is written by Brandon Thomas. Interesting. I wonder if any did read the first one or the second one. Potentially, but it is offered again. So yeah, I'm but sure I'm more interested in reading the Brandon Thomas than I'm the Andy Diggle. Well, just as you say that, interestingly enough, uh, as a very quick segue, I was uh, watching The Losers last night. I not watched it for a where, while. It's, where are we from? I haven't watched it in ages, and I picked it up in CX for like a quid or something. And I just fancied a movie that I wouldn't really have to pay much attention to last night. But I ended up paying full attention to it, and it was better than I remember. Mm-hmm. But after I watched it, I watched uh, some of the making ofs, and there was interviews with a very, very young-looking jock <laughs> and a young oh, yeah. Andy Diggle. And they kept showing scenes from the comic books, and within 20 minutes, I had purchased the entire run online, oh, and it's on its way this week. <laughs> fantastic series. Um, yep, yeah, so we got a special one-shot of Hack and Slash, 15th anniversary celebration. That's by Tim Seeley, and there's a lot of other writers who have contributed throughout the years, a lot of artists as well. Um, if you're a fan of that, definitely one to pick up. You can also pick up, uh, they're doing a spotlight on Hackslash, so you can get an image first, or you can get volume one to three. Uh, yeah, so moving over, I think we're on the ongoing and graphic novel section. There's one called Over My Dead Body, which looks interesting. Um, if you like, there's a lot of mentions of uh, John Wick in this book. There's this this one is like if you like John Wick and Taken, you should read this. Looks interesting. Art looks good. Um, so we got graphic novel, 120 pages. Yes. Maybe art looks pretty cool. Yeah. But um, then you compare it to the trade that's on the next page, which is Save Stars Volume One. Oh. Now that will be one to. Uh, one to jump upon Jason Aaron and Dennis Hopeless Hallam mm-hmm. but not Hopeless here and Stephen Green and Rico Renzi yeah really looking forward to that you guys have been on the single yep. issues yep, yep. so obviously Jason Aaron can do no wrong I would call it I would call it and have called it the next saga well, there's, well, one, well, there's only one saga that's high okay. praise so yes uh, <laughs> I think I'll be picking up on that there's also Sonata Valley of the Gods Volume 1 looks pretty interesting I haven't read any of that myself no, I like the I like the cover it looks pretty cool yeah and then we've got Unearth Volume 1 didn't really think much of the first issue but certainly if you like that sort of thing pick up that it's okay to be wrong it's okay to be wrong <laughs> and then there's this one that I really 
quite like the look of called Bitter Root uh, Volume 1, so I'm going to pick that up. That's uh, a new printing. Um, once known as the greatest monster hunters of all time, the Sangeri family specialise in curing the souls of those infected by hate. But those days are fading, a terrible tragedy has claimed most of the family, leaving the surviving cousins divided between the desire to cure monsters or to kill them. Now though, there is a new breed of monster loose on the streets of Harlem, and the Sangeri family must, must either come together or watch the human race fall to untold evil. Looks really cool. Um, yeah, Down and Sanford Green is back on that one. Um, what about Birthright by Joshua Williamson? Has it's been a good series. Um, I've been trade reading it. I think I'm six volumes through it. But uh, Birthright's cool fantasy tale, so it is. Um, Black Science, just to see there, that's come to an end. That is a series that, similar to how Keith recommends Lazarus, if you're looking at a really good indie series to sink your teeth into. Uh, the last issue just came out this week. Um, oh, yeah. I've been yeah. slightly putting off reading it because it's going to depress me a little. Yeah. But it's Rick Remender and Mario Scalera. Ah, um, yes, it is a wonderful sci-fi story. It pulpy, uh, is it? Very pulpy. Very 1940s, like what you'd read in the back of a science fiction magazine or something. Um, cool. Just really class, but that's the the third hardcover coming out, which I'll, I think will finish it. Awesome. But yeah, really, really great series. Great, great art in that. Mario Scalera, I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, I love, big love fan. his art. Um, there's Isola Volume 2, really great series. Ice Cream Man is up to Volume 4. Um, I hear that's very interesting, but I haven't, haven't picked Read it up the much. first trade, yeah. but not much beyond that. Yeah, there's Rat Queens, new printings, if you're looking Volume 1 and Volume 2 trades. here. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. I'd be, I'd be really curious to see if that's the same person. Skyward Volume Two has a new printing, and I think that's yeah, it. I think for I just read the show. third volume of that. She's oh, she's quite the fan of it. Yeah, it's uh, really really good. Criminal Number Eleven. There, I just uh, read uh, the original Criminal. Uh, the first three was it the first three or four trades, Alan. I think it's first four trades in the uh, in by it, yeah. by Brew Becker and Sean Phillips. And oh my god, yeah, what a book, what a book. Um, I must whenever that trades on maybe. Maybe grab some of that. I've only ever read the uh, All My Heroes Are Junkies, and it's yeah. Oh, I should have known because Brie Becker. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brie Becker, like you know. So yeah, the great best, stuff. Best Daredevil run. Yep, yep. You're probably right. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of great double page spreads, look at that cover for Deadly Class. Look at that cover for Die. Look at that cover for Death or Glory. And Dead Eyes, Dead Eyes is in there. Mm. This in Dead Eyes number three is the you, first. All it'll be new. the first new issue. Yeah, is that the end of That's the second story arc of Day as well? Yeah. Split the party conclusion. Cool. It only says three words: forget escaping, die. Oof. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, Farmhand up to issue oh, twelve. No, oh, that'll, that'll be, be the second part that'll of the third arc. Yeah, because yeah. it's five issue arcs each time. Uh, Family Tree, Jeff Lemire is number two. I think there's still time to get on that if you're so Yeah, Phil Hester yeah. art. Yeah, could be good. Yeah. Philadelphia. Philadelphia number mentioned two. Mentioned that last Looks month. really good. Manifest Destiny, that's the one about the uh, Common Day America, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, Lewis and Clark. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all the fantastical yeah, creatures they yeah, encounter. Yeah. Middle West and Oblivion Song on this page. Middle Looks West, fantastic. where the main characters had a haircut. <laughs> well, he's... Oh, we're that's a new up, story arc yeah, on that one so it is and we're up to date we'll he's been, up. I think he's been a, a prisoner is he the last issue have you read issue 11 yeah 
So the last issue ended where he was sort of taken on like the yeah. big airship blimps. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. Cool. Again, just expands a world without yeah. explaining it. That's yeah. great. Undiscovered country. So Roddy's just pointing out their undiscovered country number two. Obviously, we focused on number one quite a bit last month. This is Scott Schneider and Charles Soule's new series. Dystopian future. This is already our biggest pull for indie, and it's a month away. Oh wow! Cool. It's um, it's all about this idea of America building a wall around itself and then breaking itself off from the rest of the world. <laughs> Thirty years pass, and teams get sent in to see what happens. Um, it's already been picked up for a movie, but. Honestly, like pre-orders that are through the roof. I haven't awesome. seen it. I haven't oh, seen the indie title yeah. get that much like advance, probably ever since we opened. Yeah. I mean, we've we've built up titles during our time where people have then jumped on and things like die. Mm -hmm. um, for example, that then got more and more readers. But on Discover Countries, on as many pull lists as I think Curse of the White Knight, which wow. is pretty incredible. Cool. So Fantastic. yeah, that was image. And then, well, one Ish. last one last thing. There is a little. Teaser, shall we say, with uh, is it Jamie McKelvey from Active, and is that G Willow Wilson? Possibly. Potentially, you don't know. And just twenty twenty, so they've also obviously got something. They're doing an Iron Man so, Yeah, very hey. mm. good. Um, looks, looks yeah, like a spacey type, sci-fi type dealio, mm, does it? Quite a lot of the, a lot of those going around, so yeah. they'll need to do something special, I reckon. Um, so to on the satisfy celebrity writer Roddy yeah. McKenzie, <laughs> who suddenly turned Australian there for a second, <laughs> I reckon. All right. Um, yeah, so we're on the dark horse. There's Skull Digger from the world of Blackhammer. Um, Blackhammer's getting a lot of a lot of crossover. There's a Blackhammer. Remind me. Blackhammer is like this superhero universe that Jeff Lemire created. Yeah, it's very <clears throat> pulpy as well. Um, they get sent to a farm. And they they basically have to live together, but they can't go off the farm. Like at least in the first one, uh -huh. the first volume that I've read, um, it's really good. Really, really, it's worth reading. But there's a lot of crossover now. Like there's even a crossover with Justice League at the yeah. moment. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff to sink your teeth into. But that that could probably be a good thing as well. So, um, is Black Science and did you say Jeff Lemire was no no Black Science Rick Remender Rick Remender okay disregard disregard yeah. <laughs> We have disregarded, and we're moving on to Harrow County, which I've read the first two volumes, which is really, really good. The man who writes Colin 300 Bunn. titles, yeah. Colin Bunn. Um, I think this is his standout title. Um, but this one, it's like four-issue four sort of mini-series. Um, he's back, returning to the Southern Gothic Horror series with a brand new story. Ten years have passed since Emmy exited Harrow County, leaving her close friend, Bernice or Bernice, sorry, as steward of the supernatural home. But World War II is in full swing, taking Harrow's young men and leaving the community more vulnerable than ever. And when a ghostly choir heralds the resurrection of the dead, Bernice must find a solution before the town is overrun. Just look at Tyler Crook's art. It's utterly fantastic. Um, yeah, a series well worth picking up, and I'm, I'm going to keep jumping onto it. Um, Steve Niles fans, anyone? 30 days a night yeah. not much beyond it well best. here he is with Criminal Macabro which I believe is an already established series and yeah. this is a sort of like another mini series um, called The Big Bleed Out um, with Gila Nemeth um, on art um, looks pretty cool very pulpy um, 
but I think if you like Steve Niles, you know what you're going to get with that one. Supernatural detective kind of story, a lot of monster hunting, I would say. Aliens vs. Predator, Thicker Than Blood. Um, this is written by Jeremy Barlow and with art from Doug Wheatley. Looks pretty cool, I have to say. Yeah, alien stuff sells well in the store, I'd say. A few so, people jump on that. There's yeah, one for you this that, one, right there. This one is definitely one for me called The Butcher of Paris, which is probably going to be my recommendation on the board. In 1944, a swastikas flew over Paris, one of the most notorious and prolific serial killers in history, turned the occupied city into his personal hunting ground. Under the guise of opportunity and freedom, a killer preys on those desperate to flee until a gruesome discovery alerts the police. In a city on the brink of war, the hunt for a serial killer begins as a French detective races to catch the villain before the Nazis beat him to it. Written by Stephanie Phillips, Descendant, Devil Within, with art by Dean Cotts, Mars Attacks. The Butcher of Paris is a historical true crime thriller, thriller about a killer wanted by both the Nazis and the Allied forces for the death of nearly 200 victims. Looks fantastic. So what you're saying is during World War II it's okay for the Allies to kill tens of thousands of Nazis and for Nazis to kill tens of thousands of Allies, but... As soon as one guy starts being a serial killer, I mean, we got problems here, people. Mm. You know? <laughs> but, uh, Interesting. Definitely, Does sound really cool. Yeah, I like that sort of stuff. Um, looks really... I like the art style as well. Looks really interesting. Definitely picking that up. A um, lot of darker stuff that just doesn't speak to me, but I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there for it. The Berserker Unbound stuff. Also, Jeff Lemire, Mike Diodato Jr. Do Conan. Do Conan, but in the modern world. I think that'll do yeah. okay in traded. It's not really one we've had people picking up the singles of, then but it just came along at a time where obviously Conan was in the real world with Savage Avengers, and it seemed a bit drawn by Mike Diodato Jr. Just, yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> just to further cement Strange. that. So. Um, yeah, there's the Mask series as well, as well into well into it. Uh, Stranger Things. Yep, straight triage or triage, whatever you want to say it. that to be triage. Triage? Yeah. Would you read yeah. an Orville graphic novel? Uh, I enjoy the TV show. I don't know if I would go as far as to to, to dip into the, the trade, the, the, the comic stuff mm -hmm. of it. It's a really fun TV show. For a while there, it was. It filled a hole for Star Trek. For, um, and Discovery came in and. Well, Discovery, you know, there was a, before Discovery really found its feet. People were sort of going, "It's a really good dark sci-fi," but whenever I want to watch Star Trek, I watch the Orville. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm not going to dip into the dark horse corners of uh, Hellboy, Disney, and all the other stuff because you know what you're going to get there. Um, yeah. So on to. <clears throat> IDW IDW is very strong this month I have to say um, I think they've got all the winners and that is definitely a perfect place to start Dying is Easy new series from Joe Hill um, artist on this one is Martin Simmons um, so this is Joe Hill's first uh, series he's creating uh, for IDW since Lock and Key which is one of my personal favourites um, he's even got his old Lock and Key collaborator Gabriel Rodriguez to do some varying covers um, but yeah, this one just sounds really, really cool. Uh, comedy is hard, but dying is easy. 
the debut of an all-new creation by Joe Hill. Meet Sid Shit Talk Holmes, a disgraced ex-cop turned bitter stand-up comic turned possible film. In part one of Dying is Easy, Carl Dixon is on the verge of comedy superstardom and he got there the dirty way by stealing jokes. He's got a killer act, an ugly past and more enemies than punchlines. So when someone asks Sid Holmes how much it would cost to have Dixon killed, Sid isn't surprised in the slightest. He's already got a figure in mind. Um, I was saying to Keith beforehand that this uh, has his favourite nine panel structure uh, on there. But the art looks awesome. I think the art that looks great. Looks fantastic. It's got it? a Ben Templesmithy type yeah. look to it. Um, I'd say I'm really intrigued by that. Um, and another one that I am very intrigued for is Wellington series one of five and it's written by Aaron Menke and Delilah Dawson and if you don't know Aaron Menke is the creator of Lore um, pretty long running podcast about basically going into various different folklores from around the world oh really about, yeah I did not know it's fantastic Keith you need to get on it picks up phone right goes to podcasters yeah. Lore L-O-R-E um I think there's about over 100 episodes. I've been following it for a long time. Um, it's really, really good. Um, and most episodes are like 20 to 30 minutes as well, so it's nice, easy listen. Just like ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, artist is Piotr Kowalski. Um, artist on a series called Sex, which was rather good. Oh. Uh, he did that with Joe Casey. Um, and I know him more for Bloodborne. Okay. and you can see the kind of style that he's going for it will definitely suit this book yeah I think, um, I think I'll jump on that myself I think it looks really good gorgeous um, cover so, alone is just although I really like Robert Hack who's doing the um, oh the variant's quite nice too the variant yeah. Um, but yeah from Aaron Menke the creator of Lore comes an amazing new supernatural thriller that shines a light on the mysteries and monsters lurking in the shadows Meet the Duke of Wellington, one of England's most decorated military heroes, and unknown to most, her most daring monster hunter. The secret history of the Duke of Wellington begins here. Uh, yeah, can't, can't really say anything more than that. There's not much, uh, there's no preview art, but I think um, I saw on Twitter, um, Mr. Kowalski has released some. Um, but yeah, definitely check out that podcast. It's yeah, just subscribe to it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Too good. Uh, well, as for that. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, um, so hopefully I get some. If you could return, for if that. you could return the favor, Aaron yeah. Mankey, and uh, get your friends to, to subscribe to the uh, Coffee and Heroes podcast. Cool. Um, yeah, there's the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles corner. I believe the month of November sees 100, so we're ongoing on to 101. And a gem of the month. It is a gem mm-hmm. of the month. Yeah. Um, yeah, might be a good jumping on point for the turtles. Um, Welcome to the new world of TMNT. After the cataclysmic events of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 100, the turtles find New York City drastically changed. New factions and enemies are on the rise and allies are in short supply. The turtles discover that in order to survive, they will need to work together like never before. Yeah. Yeah, so... Cool. Did you get many people with turtles on the pull list? No, really. We, we sell um, back issues quite well of them, but yeah. there's a couple of the rise of the TMNT, the more modern animated stuff, a few younger readers, but not not that many. Not that cool. Many. Um, this one's one I'm really interested in, um, so give a wee cheap plug. Um, so one of my books is called Tales of Fractured Worlds, 
and features this artist called George Cambadias, who okay. I mentioned yes. last uh-huh. time because uh-huh. he was doing a, a Christmas book for Scott. <laughs> and then I was told you can't mention Christmas anymore. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, not um, in September. Yeah. Um, this one is called I Can Sell You a Body. Uh, it's by Ryan Ferrier and the aforementioned George Cambadias. Um, he's got a really unique style, so I definitely recommend checking his book site um, the blurb is pretty cool are you dead Denny Little can help this disgraced TV psychic can put your soul in a living body for a price a bad day at the office however has just put a bounty on his head courtesy of a murdered mafioso leaving Denny 48 hours to save his own life um, yeah it looks really cool definitely a, cr- a criminal haunt in four parts so can't go wrong with that can you <laughs> And it's uh, certified cool. So, yeah, like much like Dark Horse, IDW have the old uh, Disney Corner. DuckTales and, and Care Bears Corner. Bonnie and Care Bears. And the Star, Star Wars Corner. Adventures Corner. <laughs> Sonic Corner. Mm-hmm. If you have kids and you want to get them into comic books and you like any of those things, then that may be the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Sonic uh, comics are something that sell well in the store. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, fourth issue of GI Joe's out. I have the first issue ready to read. I just haven't got around it. Just yeah. cool. I will say nothing. But uh, Cobra Commander is on this cover. Um, looks really cool. Yeah. The yeah. No, I'll say nothing. We'll discuss it on reviews. Guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. How about that? Sounds um, like a plan, man. Then we've got Transformers keeping on going. Number sixteen at this point. And Transformers you still as, a, as as excited about it as you have been. It's dra- dragging a wee bit, but I hope I'd worry. Now it's actually going into monthly. The, um, it's going to get a bit doomsday clocky because there's a lot to mention. <laughs> and uh, the twelfth issue, like, jumped back to was it before issue ten or something? Yes, and yeah. And I was yeah. like, uh, yeah. getting a, getting a bit. Not, yep. not bored but I'm waning a little bit yes, I, the I, Cybertronian politics I, I absolutely agree with you yeah. whereas I thought the, the rubble and all the the sort of world building of Cybertron was probably what I was more interested yes, in but I maybe, think, yeah. maybe that's like a yeah. personal I think preference you're, I think you're right so the new but, Sentinel Prime's back and all that yeah. sort of stuff so let's see yeah, see where that we'll goes see how Starscream's um, the, the director of intelligence that's hilarious yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something that probably doesn't have as much politics is Transformers Ghostbusters, the graphic novel, which is an advanced solicit available in February. Um, Ghosts of Cybertron. Love a good crossover. Probably pick that up for for a laugh. There's actually another pretty amazing crossover that we'll get to later on. Um, What is it about Star Trek that the artwork it's always artwork soon to be revealed on the uh, covers and that Picard thing the last two you have been there's three issues is it, is it just because they don't want to show it or is it just we haven't got the time we well it, it says artist to be announced yeah. They, yeah they did it with one and two I think they don't want to give stuff away for a TV show yeah. maybe but why, why, would you, why would you not announce the artist yeah you know could go either way geez even the IDW are getting it in the facsimile edition Star Trek the motion picture number <laughs> one Written by Marv Wolfman, artist Dave Cockrum and yeah. Klaus Janssen. Well, Dante Dio says there's big money in them, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll pass this one, that one. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, another IDW title I really like the look of. And again, I'm I'm big fan of indie titles when it's a writer and artist is the same person. Because um, it, it means you're getting the pure vision of what the writer's trying to say. Holy 
Jesus, come into the store and look at that art. On but it. the art on looks incredible. So um, this is uh, it's someone I'm not familiar with um, called Livio Ramondelli. Um, uh, maybe writing, I was going to yeah, say maybe you series, you might yeah. know a bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's called the Kill Lock. It just says number one. It doesn't say one of four or anything like that. It just says thirty two pages. Um, so science fiction each found guilty of an irredeemable crime four robots find themselves banished from their home world and bound together by the kill lock a programming link that means if one of them dies they all will now a soldier an addict a murderer and a child find themselves forced to protect each other while in search of a cure to survive Um, the preview pages are bloody gorgeous and you kind of wish they were actually a bit bigger (laughs) Um, they They, they they look like like art prints don't they they look like stylized prints or paintings or um but yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of sci-fi so i mean yeah i'll definitely pick that up yes yeah, and again as i say i love it when a writer or an artist that's one person and you just get that pure vision uh, cool there's a glow which got renewed for surprising it has gone beyond the third series curse. on netflix jesus well but the fourth series is the last but that was quite impressed it's a really good show actually um, the third series has a lot of um, sort of gender politics and a lot of um, it's got a lot, lot of stuff to say but I'd really recommend it um, I see what about this Narcos is fine, fine well, well we more delayed than Doomsday Clock this Narcos yeah, series yeah this is this is hit Doomsday Clock slash John Wick territory at this oh, but point that's the first issue the first yeah. issue was solicited seven months ago we mentioned it was it seven months ago it was, yeah, seven it was one of my picks on uh, the previous book like, I was on the board in May but, 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 but at least it wasn't out so you weren't yeah. waiting between issue one and two well that's fair yeah. enough yeah. anything to have a dig at Doomsday I'm not having a dig I'm just saying <laughs> you're, making, you're making a spurious comparison yeah. no, okay well, that's uh, also by the writer of that uh, I can sell you uh, yeah, that Ryan body Ferrier. thing Ryan Ferrier um, big indie writer so yeah um, there's another number one read only memories there's a lot of number yeah cool. IDW really trying to Don't like fuck. image image here um, did they yeah. sort of call it image and say guys yeah. do you have uh, any number ones coming up <laughs> um, yeah that, that one's based on a, a video game as well um, so yeah uh, Mountainhead coming to an end there's Pandemico number four which I read the first one yeah I haven't read it yet. It's actually um, top of my pile, but I haven't read it yet. Wasn't like blown away by it or anything, but I'll um, probably stick with it and see. Um, yeah, that's that's about it for IDW. Um, Brings us on to Dynamite. Dynamite. Otherwise known as the Vampirella James Bond section. Vampirella is on the cover, so we'll give a shout out to Vampirella number six. So who's. Is it Art Germ still in the covers yeah. now? Yeah. Along with Acetate Blood Effect. Mm. The, the, the best thing about it is that will sell see art germ covers in the store fly out yeah so they, they are class like I'd say um, yeah there's uh, a Thoris of the Warlord sorry. of Mars fame not interested just making a point oh, even, okay. even <laughs> though it's written by Dan Abnett yeah I read I mean whenever uh, Dynamite started doing Warlord of Mars I read an awful lot of that and then mm-hmm. you know I've, I've got an awful lot of that sort because of, it was that uh Edgar Rice Burroughs pulpy sort of you know it was pretty cool cool Um, what about James Bond number one Um, this is by Vita Alia and Danny Lore it's Um, a Jim Chung cover if I ever saw one it is indeed Um, and then the artist is Eric 
Gapster, um, new series, new team, new mission. Vita Alia, who's done doing the Morbius series, also doing a series, uh, indie series called The Woods, um, done Age of X-Men stuff. Um, yeah, Eric Gapster has also done some James Bond stuff. They present a fresh take on the world's greatest secret agent. When a priceless piece of art is found to be fake, investigations lead down a rabbit hole of international crime and corruption. But what the hell does James Bond know about the world of art forgery? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're a bit big fan of the James Bond stuff, are you, Alan? I've tried reading them. I mean, I'm a big Bond fan when it comes to movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I've yeah. I really enjoyed James Bond Origin. I thought it was good, uh, which focused back on his university days I and the, sort of the formation of the, the Northern Ireland one. That was I really enjoyed. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, that's that's as far just, as I went into worth it, it just to see Victoria Square immortalized. You're like, print. oh, there it is. And yeah. was it Crown Bar as well? Yeah, I think the Harlander Wolf statues are obligatory are in there. Um. Yeah, Red Sonia, Betty and Veronica, Umbrella, The Boys, something like uh, that. And the TV show was just great. It's fantastic, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, more Vampirella stuff, trading cards, holiday gift boxes, tarot cards. Wow. Um, Turok trade paperback. Do like a bit of Turok. Um, then there's Obey Me, which I've heard good things about. Xena Warrior Princess, Road Warrior. Interesting. Um, <laughs> there's Fidelia again. Cool. Uh, yeah. How about speaking? I was talking about a crossover earlier. Now we're moving into Boom Studios. Uh huh. What would the crossover be with Boom Studios? Would that be mighty morphin power rangers and teenage mutant ninja turtles number one of five. Oh god yeah um I really th- love the variants they're doing they have um i don't know if um basically all the variant covers of the power rangers are basically Turtle. somebody holding the head it's mostly the ranger just holding the helmet but yeah with these ones it is the big turtle hands are holding the red helmet and there's variation of yeah, four, very, very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, written by Ryan Parrott and illustrated by Simone DeMeo. Um, I have to say, I wasn't really particularly interested in it. I just thought, oh, okay, another crossover. But I really like the art. I think it's absolutely Ooh. stunning. So I might um, might be picking that one up. I think it really, really, really pops. Um, colors are class two, and uh, main covers are by my man, Dan Mora. Nice. Yeah, love. Once in future. Nice. Once in future. What a fantastic series. Oh, we'll second be talking about year. that on the oh, We will. Um, there's also spotlight on this one called the Red Mother, which I think Boom have a couple of number ones in this one. I thought that looked really, really cool. Sort of like a horror series. Uh, written by Jeremy Hahn, illustrated by Danny Luckert. Um, Jeremy returns to his beauty. His the beauty roots as he teams with Danny Luckard hot off the regression for a new psychological horror series um, after losing her eye and the man she loves in a brutal mugging Daisy McDonough is left trying to put the pieces of her life back together just when she begins to think she can heal move on she begins to see strange things through her new prosthetic eye and the red mother sees her in return um, Continuing Boom Studios' string of successes, the Red Mother follows Faithless, Once in Future, and Something is Killing the Children for a new ongoing series that examines the dangers hiding in plain sight. 
Yeah. Um, if Once in Future and Something is Killing the Children is anything to go on a bit of a run yeah. uh-huh. definitely one to have a look at and I really like uh, really like the art on this um, yeah really uh, the cover's really freaky too um, yep. definitely so, interests me more than Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Turtles come on look at that art <laughs> I think that looks gorgeous and then buy a nice print yeah <laughs> Turtles just don't interest me as Jeez. as a kid. Does your uh, does your uh, comic shop sell nice prints? <laughs> does actually. It's uh, drawn by Kellen McBride and uh, uh, Roland Callens. So uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, this one looked quite good. Uh, Arkea, um called Big Black Stand at Attica. Um, something I didn't know anything about, but it's. I think I read the exact same blurb about a book in the last uh, last previews. It's a graphic novel memoir in the tradition of March, and they call this enemy. Um, but that's no bad thing. Um, this one is the uprising at Attica Prison remains one of the bloodiest civil rights confrontations in American history. But without Frank Big Black Smith, it could have been even worse. Now, for the first time, the late Frank Smith shares his experience at the center of this uprising, struggling to protect hostages, prisoners, and negotiators alike. Before his death, Frank uh, worked with writer and longtime friend Jared Renmuth to share this true story of his time in Attica State Prison, adapted to a dra- graphic novel by Amazian, Dark Horse's Muhammad Ali. This is, a, this is an unflinching look at the price of standing up to injustice. Um, I think the art looks fantastic. Definitely something worth checking out. Um, four days in 1971 that changed the course of American history. Um, yeah, if you like that sort of thing, I think it's one, definitely one to pick up and something that contrasts quite heavily with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> versus Power Rangers. Let's talk about this page. It's Christmas! Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have been yeah, needing to... Well, well, I don't know anything about it other than an interest in it. I've been meaning to read these. I can lend you Klaus. Uh, and I would love to borrow them. It's fantastic. Pro- possibly the straightest Grant Morrison title I've ever read. And that's interesting in itself. Yeah. Uh, so There's a little bit of um, Yeah, I mean, usually Happy's, stuff, Happy's usually my go-to for a straightforward very, Morrison story. It's very charming. So we're looking at resolicits of Klaus, how... How Santa Claus Began, which is the origin story of Yeah, it, was the, it was the first one, yeah. Basically, then, is it... They call it. I think they call it the year. Yeah, Santa Claus. Close is Santa Claus year one. I see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I see. And uh, then it looks like what, there's a close, new one. The new adventures of Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, another reason. That was last year's one, wasn't it? And then yeah. this year we've got Close and the Life and Times of Joe, Joe Christmas, Christmas number one. And this is uh, written Mora. by the aforementioned Grant Morrison and the artist Boom Specialist Dan Mora. Yeah, I love Dan Mora's art. Um, in the tradition of Grant Morrison's 2001 UX Men Annual, Boom Studios presents a horizontal That's comic. Very, very specific, isn't it? Yeah. Keith, I assume you're checking out at this point. Uh, uh, presents, oh, right. So it's going to be comic. a sideways comic, horizontal comic. Oh, like a Christmas calendar, like, is it? Right. I think so. The catalogues, the life and times of one Joe Christmas. Abandoned as a baby, Joe Christmas is taken in by Klaus in this holiday calendar inspired comic. See vignettes of Joe and his family as they team up with Klaus over 25 different Christmas <laughs> adventures. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, 
Yeah, sign me up. Fifty six pages on sale, December eighteenth. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that, and I can't recommend uh, the graphic novels must, highly yeah, enough as well. I must grab one of those then. It will be lovely. Off you, Roddy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you've got a soft cover. A you've got cover. the hard cover, and you've got the mm. new adventures. Hardcover, hardcover. So I think that's the Witch of Klaus, Klaus and the Witch of Winter, and Klaus and the Crisis in Xmasville. But I think the there was one last year. There was, sorry, I talked over my mouth. There was one last year. There was the something about a snowman. The crying snowman. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's involved here, but I guess we'll find out. Cool. Um, yeah, Power Rangers Corner. Hold oh. the phone. Jeez, sorry. Incentive variant of Gogo Power Rangers 26. Oh, yeah, you remember? To cover it definitely, maybe. Do you Jeez. remember? Oasis last, have made it in the yeah, comics. Last, was it last month? They had the Nirvana one. That's right, yeah. yeah. The tree origin of the White Ranger. So you have to get that one, Alan, surely. You know what? You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. What did you, did you call it the greatest album of all time? The greatest debut album of all time. Yeah. For me, interesting. Um, well, joint greatest debut album of all time with Appetite for Destruction. Okay. Hellmouth yeah, on uh, yeah. Hellmouth. Come on, let's, he, let's, he's just let's on. not move away. <laughs> Favorite debut album of all time? <laughs> Nothing come to mind. Not. Uh, I'd have to have a think. That's a vicious, go. vicious question. There's At this time of night. Yeah. There's. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, do you want to get into Buffy? Other than to say, uh, Hellmouth is uh, three issues into five. That's the Buffy Angel crossover, which is crossing over into Angel 8 and uh, Buffy 10 at this stage of the... So Buffy uh, took a break, but it's back. Uh, I don't know if it did take a break, did it? It takes a break at 8 to launch Hellmouth, but it comes back as Hellmouth hits number two. Um, Yeah, absolutely great stuff. Uh, That's a page of great stuff. Yeah. That Um, is two pages of great stuff. Looking forward to Strange Skies. Mm-hmm. Folk Lords as well. Yeah, looks really, really Folk good. Lords, yeah. really looking um, forward to that once in future and Firefly number 12. Flying. Booms. Booms really knocking it out of the park. You're Boom right. and IDW yeah. are arguably yeah. stronger here this month mm-hmm. than Image. And it's not often we say that. And something is killing the children again. Um, That's the sequel, number Ronnie. four, nine ongoing series. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> That was such a good joke. You just said something is killing the children again. Yeah. <laughs> James Tinian, you oh, are welcome to that title. Yeah. Copyright Keith Miller. <laughs> Let's talk. turn the page. Oh, we can talk. Yeah. Let's uh, turn the page. Um, uh, take a break here. Watch the watch the first issue, the first episode of that uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance on Netflix. It was really interesting. Yeah, I haven't watched anything ages since yeah. since the boys actually. So yeah, need to well worth a well worth a look. Um, okay, what's next? I think we're um, done with Boom, are we? I think we're done with Boom. Yeah, a few other bits and bobs there, but not stuff that personally I would read. Steven Universe, Lumberjanes, that kind of stuff, and that moves us away from. Tell me this: what about a blaze? A blaze is a comic imprint I'm interested in personally at the moment for one title and that which is nice. Vampire State Building which is not launched yet yeah. but this is the first um, this is the first comic that Charlie Adler is doing the art on mm-hmm. after Walking Dead is finished and it's also which going to be colour uh, coloured as well which in itself will be interesting covered by Raphael Albuquerque they've got some good um, they've got some good, good talent 
Um, people onto it so they were releasing a number one which is a post-apocalyptic horror case hello um called gung-ho number one um written by written by benjamin von eckertsburg and the artist is thomas von kumant um a spiritual successor to the walking dead i mean damn big words yeah they've said the same thing twice in two sentences a spiritual successor to the walking dead if you like the walking dead you'll love gung-ho and it even has oh, a Walking Dead. Oh, oh no! This is going badly. Parody. Parody cover. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Saying that the art looks pretty nice in it. Yeah, um, it is. It's yeah. I like. But, I like the art. Um, but I don't know why you. Although maybe this is something to do with Charlie Adler being on Vampire State Building on a Blaze Comics. But he says, mm-hmm. "Thanks for sending me Gung Ho. What a beautiful book <laughs> it is. You'll have to send me printed copies when they're out, please." So right. <laughs> he's being paid well for that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, yeah, we'll skip past them. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? I don't want to um, skim through I'll all this. I'll tell you, there was something that sort of interested me in Aftershock. Okay, um, we are not too far away from there. Yeah, going through Talk all the yourself. action, uh, through all the action uh, lab stuff there, and, and that was that was it. Uh, there, uh, dark arc, dark arc. I had never noticed this before. It's a Colin Bunn book. Um, are you familiar with it at all? I read the first issue of it, right, and actually found it really, really good. It's like a sort of a darker version of the Noah's Ark. Yeah. Story, so, so what again? Yeah. So it was a 2017 release. So there's a there seems to be a hardcover resolicit of the first book, mm-hmm. uh, arc one of Dark Arc. Uh, Colin Bunn and Wando uh, in biblical times God unleashed a great flood to wipe out the wickedness of man and task Noah with building an ark to save his family and the animals of the world it's the story we were all imprinted with at childhood through various cults um, at the same time <laughs> Satan has commanded the sorcerer Shrey to build his own ark and save the monsters and unnatural creatures such as vampires, dragons, serpent folk etc However, this is not this is not all of Shrey's mission. The devil instructed him to ensure that no one in his ark survived the great flood as well, uh, just so that his own creatures can continue preying on mankind. If they do, he will relinquish control over his soul, their souls and allow them to ascend to heaven. But if Shrey fails, then all the monsters aboard will devour him and his children, and they should be damned to hell. But with their own supplies running short, they will leave passengers of the dark ark turning at each other. Is Shrey even capable, capable of keeping his own family safe? Holy shit, that sounds amazing. <laughs> no, it sounds like a like a really just a twisted version of a of a of a thing that we all understand, you know? Yeah. Um, you know what will happen on a vessel crawling with monsters where insidious intrigue and horrific violence are the rule of law. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. So, so we've got oh sorry. Go ahead. So that was the that was the original uh, book. Uh, the first mm-hmm. Dark Arc. I don't know how many issues it was. 15, Alan. it says here. Was it? Yeah. Um, uh, this hardcover contains first 15 issues, yeah. Right, and uh, the next series, After the Flood, Dark Arc After the Flood, picks up where the last one left off, but with a crazy new direction. Um, fin- effectively, the Dark Arc has found land, they must form a society, uh, and the orders that they were given from the Great Beyond was that Noah's Ark must reach the same landing point as Shrey's Ark because after all now the monsters have survived their journey they need something to snack on <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it looks, looks kind of interesting uh, you know it, it jumped out at me because Colin Bond was writing and just because that concept of 
it's yeah. just that seems like sort of it. awesome yeah um, I really like the sound of that there's nothing else there's nothing else that jumped out at me at all I gotta it's say it's a Mary Shelley Monster Hunter trade paperback edition which is a nice wee series um, yeah but a few people on that and they all seem to enjoy it I have to say let's see okay are you looking for your uh, what Andy related content here are you <laughs> I thought we already had. We already had a bit of uh, Vampirella in there. What's happening in Archie Comics? Uh, that's a wee book I would actually like. The Archie Art of Francesco Francavia. He's done a lot of art for things like Afterlife with Archie. Things like um, the Sabrina stuff. The uh, Vampironica stuff. Just one of my favourite artists. But it's it's an art book he's been uh, showing off a lot on Twitter and Instagram recently oh we've just noticed another bone what's, thing go, what's going on with bone this is a 20th anniversary slipcase one volume colour edition hardcover available in the United States and Canada Moving keep on. going <laughs> um, unfortunately for uh, for Keith oh, I mean that's twice yeah. they've put it in the book just to yeah, tease you I with. know well, you know and twice I've missed it <laughs> oh, do, who who's the company? He'll cartoon mean, Books. Cartoon. Okay, we'll stop. Let's see next time. It's I always like to be checking in Cartoon Books just to see do what's going on. Do you want to tell us about them. this one, Alan? I have no <laughs> interest. No, just keep going. Politicians and comic books are just yeah, a bit strange yeah. to me. Yeah. But I did like the sound of that. The Berlin, the complete edition hardcover. Um, yeah, how about this? Um, during the past two decades, Jason Lutz has quietly created one of the masterworks of the graphic novel Golden Age, serialized in 22... Uh, issues Berlin has over one thousand, one, sorry, one hundred thousand copies in print. An intricate look at the fall of the Weimar Republic through the eyes of its citizens. Berlin will be Berlin will be one of the high water marks of the medium, rich in its research historical detail, compassionate in its characterized studies, and as timely as ever in its depiction of a society slowly awakening to the stranglehold of fascism. Tell me about it. Um, yeah, that looks sounds awesome. Yeah, love it. Um, collectibles. Uh, it's just your dynamic forces dynamic stuff. You different sort yeah. of. Uh, Four hundred dollars for Frank Miller signed. <laughs> no, thank you. Yep. But yeah, I think indie wise, I think that might be it for me anyway. I don't think there was anything else that jumped I think up. I had a couple. I can't remember where you they hit, were. Well, yeah. I mean, you usually need to go straight to Skype comics. Straight and, to Skype. You know. No, I think I had a Mad Cave one. So we'll go. We'll go through. Lion Forge, nothing, nothing much going on there. Oh, that was a great uh, wee first issue. That show's end. Has number two came out? Uh, I think it's it, next week. Ooh, so it is. Is it on my pillow? Well, of course, it's on your sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really good. So whenever, <laughs> whenever the um, trade comes out, I really recommend it. Um, and they've got another one coming out, which I, I saw some preview art of it, and will definitely appeal to the uh, professional wrestling fans. If there are any listening, there to are quite a few wrestling fans. Um, but stuff. I know it's a big crossover between comics and wrestling, and um, I don't think there's been many uh, wrestling comics, has there? Apart from WWE, no, there was. Stuff, wasn't there? there was one recently called Jim Cornette's sort of behind the ropes, um, which was sort of a look at the how the industry worked. Oh, okay. Um, there's one called Turnbuckle Titans, which tend to be like three issue miniseries focused on different wrestlers but other than that yeah it's WWE has the stranglehold on it you know awesome well this one sort of aims to change that um, it's called Over the Ropes and it's written by Jay Sandlin and art is by Antonello Cos- 
Cosentino, um, step over the ropes and into the 1990s wrestling. Set in a fictional world, over the ropes dives into sports entertainment's biggest era. A young high flyer named Jason Lynn goes off script in a match to win the world title and sets the Southern Territory on fire as a face-painted wrestler, Phoenix. Jason battles between the ropes are only outperformed Excuse me, only outperformed by struggles outside the ring, first dates, crooked promoters, cage matches, factions and family life and families. No matter what problems, smack him with a steel chair. Jason lives with his catchphrase, I will rise. Um the preview looks really good, definitely one to check out online. Um yeah, if you're a wrestling fan I'd say you have to kinda have to pick that up, don't you? Um yeah, uh, I will. Well, there's Oni as well. Kind of always forget about Oni Press. I think they had a number one, which really looked good. But Keith will want to talk about Rick and Morty. I'm enjoying uh, first issue of Rick and Morty. Painscape, sort of um, a continuation of Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which was a great wee series. So, yeah, enjoying cool. it. Really looking forward to the fourth season of Rick and Morty. Upcoming, all all eighty episodes of yeah, it. I believe have they, have they taken Rick and Morty off Netflix now? Uh, was it on Netflix? It was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there or not. It's gone. I think it has. I think whenever I came home a little, a little uh, worse for wear after Culture Night, <laughs> I was looking for something to watch while I had yeah, my dinner and, and, uh, and I couldn't find it. Now that could have been my impaired state, <laughs> or they could have gone from Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, we'll give you this one, an original graphic novel called At the End of Your Tether. Um, this is by Adam Smith and VV Glass. Uh, for fans of Brick and Paper Towns comes At the End of Your Tether, the story of a boy who goes searching for his missing ex-girlfriend only to discover that some things aren't meant to be found. Um, the art looks pretty stunning, I have to say. Um, there's a lot of, there's kind of like a musical theme, there's a tape on the front cover and the you know, the tape is all out and then there's like a spooky woods thing going on. Looks really interesting. Definitely one to pick up. And yeah. What else do we have? We'll skim through Sabrina, volume two. Yeah, it's, um, those are soft cover novelizations. First one we've had in stores. Sold pretty, pretty well. Cool. Um, yeah, there is... I think that's pretty much it um, we'll just go for the last one and that's called Forever Maps which is part of uh, Scout's binge imprint I think um, so that's where they'll release number one like as a Metal Shark Bro style yeah as like a a 32p I just so casually say yeah, Metal Shark rolled off it's, the the, it's really good it's the same, same vein as Murder Falcon yeah Murder Falcon yeah. and Shirtless Bear Fighter um, just really tongue in cheek but really funny um but yeah, this one I think this one's a bit more serious. Um, so, that, but anyway, Scout they'll release a, a thirty-two page number one, and then a couple of months down the line, you get a, a full graphic novel. Um, pretty interesting thing to do. Um, don't know if it's successful or not yet. But uh, anyway, this one's called the Forever Maps. Um, in or sorry, in seventeen ninety four, a man is given a map. When he follows it, he finds an identical map with a new destination. This leads him to another map. Oh God! This another. sounds like this sounds like the story that I haven't read introduction to. On and on for decades, <laughs> <laughs> never aging or getting hungry. It's not until a century later that he realizes when he stops following the maps that time catches up. 
Oh, that's really interesting. Torn between family and immortality, you must continually choose between living forever and having a life worth living. I thought it sounded class. That's and class, if you, yeah. um, if you get a chance to look at the art, it's gorgeous. Uh, it's did, did they solicit the first issue of this at any time? Yeah, I think I think I've saw I saw it, um, but um, I didn't really snag. I've definitely seen that uh, cover image before. Yeah, it's got a very but, uh, Edgar Allan Poe-ish look yeah. to it, doesn't it? But uh, definitely, definitely going to pick that one up. Looks fantastic. Yeah, that sounds and, great. Uh, I think that's it. Unless uh, anybody wants to delve into the uh, vault corner, nothing hopping out to me. Oh, oh sorry there was one, one oh, last one every yeah. time we think we're done see every time one more this is the very last one but I have to throw this out here for two reasons one big big John Carpenter fan um, John Carpenter seems to do a, a line of comics he'll do things like tales of science fiction or tales of horror but this seems to be a new one he's launching called John Carpenter presents Storm Kids Monica Blue a werewolf story and this is a number one it's going to be a five-issue mini-series, and it also is written by uh, Steve Niles, he of Thirty Days of Night, amongst other things. I should say his uh, the comic book company is called Storm King. Oh, okay, yes, sorry, I beg your pardon, uh, Storm King Productions. But uh, yeah, Storm Kids this is like some sort of line. Yeah, I mean it's um, so this one. So the little blurb for us: just Monica Blue and her father move away to the country to start a new life after the death of her mother. Though she's not speaking to her dad, she begins to find her way out from her anger and grief in her new surroundings. But while out wandering the forest near their home, she comes face to face with a hidden terror that changes her forever. Steve Niles and Damien Worm on art bring you Monica Blue, a werewolf story, the first story in a new monthly anthology series, John Carpenter Presents. So, yeah, I just, I just thought it sounded interesting. I've read some of the Tales of Science Fiction stuff. It tends to be good. Um, quick flick through. I think there is a Blade Runner trade, isn't it, coming out? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Good pick up. Uh, it's just the Titan stuff. So you've got the a new Sherlock title is uh, launching. Not really my thing, Sherlock. I have to say. Uh, this one though is if you're a fan of the show, five issue miniseries called A Scandal in Belgravia. Um, so you've got that, you've got Blade Runners up to issue 5, I have to say I've been digging what they've done with it so far. It's been um, very, very good, yeah. Slots perfectly into the lore, um, which is the ultimate compliment I suppose you can give to it. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. You've got your Valiant section, just had Bloodshot launched this week actually, a new number 1, which might be worth um, having a wee look at. Tim Seeley again? Tim Seeley on writing, Brett Booth on art, but also um, there's a movie coming out soon, a Bloodshot, so I think it's about to get a little bit more love. Um, then you've got Vault Comics, I'm um, just looking for the bad rip-off covers. There actually is none. This Doesn't seem to be any though. this month, though. Uh, unless we're... Unless we're missing it. Ah, well. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, <clears throat> bizarre. Um, I and think, then after I that, your scope. so I think that is us. We're going to stick a pin in there at our usual three hours when we say it's going to be a... Sweet. Hour and a half podcast. Not bad at all. Yep. Bold shot. But yeah, a lot Bold of good stuff shot. there. Yeah. A lot of good stuff there. Um, what's what's your, your, big, your big pick, if you had to choose? Um, I would say... I'm just really curious about what Mark Miller's doing. Um, that Xmas project sounds really, really intriguing. Um, yeah, loads of good stuff. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna go for the picture of Paris. That, I really like that. That sounds right, right up my alley. That historical, 
historical fiction, but it's true crime, so I think that'll be mine. Uh, for me, it's either going to be the kickoff of Incoming, uh, that Marvel mini or limited series, or most likely the second series of The Old Guard, Force, Force Multiplied. Yeah. Uh, by Greg Rucka. That's going to be something. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. Cool, so, cool. as ever, all the previews books will be in store at all times. So, pop your head in if you want to have a wee flick through. Maybe we've missed something, or maybe you just want to check out some of the uh, the preview art for some of the um, titles. So, and again, if anything sounds of interest, either pop in the store, we can get it in your pull list, or we can, um, you know, send it to us through Facebook Messenger, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that is the previous month. That is October for December. Nice, nice one, gents. Yeah. Pleasure as always. Until until next month. Indeed, uh, that is us signing off for this month's previous podcast. See you later. Bye. Bye.